talk to Mark Shippey. Mark is a guitarist, composer, uh, visual artist, writer, and I'm sure half a dozen other things that uh, I don't even know about. Uh, but we covered uh, quite a range of terrain from technology his, to his beginnings in music, to movies, to the internet, uh, and a billion other things. Uh, I really enjoyed sitting and uh, listening and getting a, a bit of a, a view into how this guy's mind works. He's one of the more creative uh, musicians I know in Chicago, and uh, I hope you enjoy our talk. I'm not good at figuring out how to make money off shit. Me either. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> but this is why this is why we see eye to eye. I'm sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like it's not like I, I wanted to avoid it. I know. But like, uh, uh, but I just it, you know, and when I was younger, you know, I thought like, um, I mean, you kind of have those idealistic, uh, you know, you're naive and you're innocent and young, and you think, well. You know, I can just do what I want to do and have my niche thing, and yeah. and somehow just make it through life. And, and, ah. and the people will find <laughs> you and, and recognize your your unheralded genius, right? Right, or, or, some, or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, yeah, yeah. Like a, I remember in junior high, one of my friends. So one of uh, this good friend of mine, we were making some. Music or whatever, his mom. Junior high, so how old are you at this point? We were 13, 12, like 12, yeah, okay. like 12 or 13, maybe 14. So it was like, yeah, it was like eighth grade mm -hmm. on the cusp of becoming high schoolers, I think. And we had just, um, where was this? It's, it's, in, it's in Illinois, right? You yeah, it was Crystal Lake, Crystal Lake, right? Okay, yeah, so this friend of mine, uh, you know, he like. It, we weren't like real close friends until like around that time, like junior high. And, um, you know, it was that time where it's like, you know, you grow up thinking things are going to be one way or whatever, you know, and, and like, you know, telling my mom, please don't smoke. That's terrible for you. And then I start smoking cigarettes, you know, to, as a kid just to be, I don't know if it was really rebellious or whatever, but part of it yeah. definitely or hanging out at the pool halls, you know, and, so what was so at like thirteen or whatever? What was your idea of like how did you imagine it would be? Oh, thirteen. Or like oh, is this part you, of the podcast? Oh, everything's part of the podcast. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been recording since last week. Yeah, <laughs> I've been recording our text message exchanges. Yeah, I got nice. this like nice. robot voice to text thing. <laughs> like it's yeah. every exchange about it's a us. Nice little like old. Is this an old school thing or? Is uh, it... it's it's not that I've had it for I don't know. 10 years or something it works fine i mean it's nice. not fancy and yeah, it's yeah. tiny it's it just tiny. records an mp3 and then you yeah. just dump it into whatever you know yeah it's not yeah it's not professional grade or anything but if there's not too much you know ambient noise it works fine you know for my purposes it yeah. works fine you know yeah like this is this is great because there's no, no other like there's not a fan on like you know like all the, all the other shit that gets in the way yeah so it's it works uh, I mean, I got it to, you know, like when I was just starting to do kind of like articles and stuff because yeah. I didn't go to writer school or <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how to take notes. Uh, so this was a way to take note, you know, just get people talk if I'm writing something about them or whatever. Yeah. 
So that's helpful. That sounds like a good way to do things. Yeah. I think. I and then you can, you know, I I could transcribe or just take pluck out pieces, you know, right. quotes or whatever, or just help with memory, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so like, so when you were you were making music in junior high, like, what well, what was your I, what was the like. The Shining, like whatever, like what would you imagine that it would lead to at that point? Well, or, we were what was just the goal? <laughs> talking about like the whole idea of falling into niche things uh-huh, and yeah. cult things, and or possibly you could, you know, not just cult yeah. in, in one sense, but like also just like, you know, they started calling independent music like indie rock and stuff, and then that became college a, rock. A commercial. <laughs> yeah, that became at some point a, it was college rock. It became a college this is early eighties we're talking about, or so early eighties, yeah, yeah, late seventies, early eighties, yeah. when I had an older sister who was like, you know, uh, into rock music, and so mm-hmm. I learned a lot from her. Like I, I was just telling her the other day too, because um, she doesn't ever. I don't think she ever like has like listened to any interviews with me or whatever. Oh, really? It doesn't really. Uh, you credit know. her? Yeah, like you know, she doesn't know that I I went in and snuck into her bedroom when she was like taking a shower or whatever <laughs> and like stole her cream magazines and well I put them back so I only yeah. bar- I borrowed them. She had cream. Or- yeah, you know, and st- and like all kinds of like you know. Uh, fanzines uh, of the time, which they still you know they still have those. Yeah. It's really sad they're closing that Barnes and Nobles on Webster, I think, because that was kind of like a place for me, you know, kind yeah. of a refuge or a um, kind of like a, a, a place where I could go for rest, you know, respite and kind of like just like sit and think. And there, you know, on weekdays, there wouldn't be too many people there. Mm. And the cafe, and um, well, yeah, and they always had deals too, you know, when you buy books or whatever, you get free cookies at the cafe and stuff. Mm. You had the yeah. whole system gamed out. <laughs> well, and plus you could look at things, you know, yeah. read things. It was like that—that's kind of a just a bygone era where you can go and just kind of um, look at things, whether randomly or if you want to go to a section and like study something in the cafe. And then, you know, of course, I would buy—I buy yeah. books and stuff, yeah. but I don't just sit there and. But then also, you know, yeah, I do kind of take advantage of it, like a library, you know. So it's like, and then it's nice to see what, like, new things like graphic novels and stuff. But I just, you know, I guess it doesn't matter in the end because I just didn't um, follow a lot of things through. I didn't follow through with a lot of stuff I'm I'm doing now, like trying to finish, you know, um, a lot of projects. Yeah. That we'll, I started we'll, a million years ago. <laughs> we'll get to that. But like, yeah, what? I, so you're reading like your sister's cream magazine. And who yeah. Are, who were the start? Who were they writing about at that point? Oh yeah. What I was gonna say is like you know those specialty magazines. Like I was just gonna say, I would notice in the magazine section they still have those. Uh huh. But again, you know, like these bookstores are are, are going away. Yeah. Um, they pretty much, you know, after the big wave of like everything getting wiped out in the mid. Aughts, you know, Borders and yeah, Barbers, yeah. all these were shutting down. The Barnes and Nobles, there was just a few left. And like, I was so it's kind of a surprise it st- stuck around as long as it yeah. did. But I like that going in and you see these like these kind of fan magazines, you know, for well now it'd be like for Justin Bieber or for yeah uh, Phoebe Bridgers or something. Right. Um, so, but back then it was like Donny Osmond mm-hmm. and uh, Leaf Garrett. 
you know, for the, the teen heartthrobs. That's what your sister had? Yeah. Like that, like that's they what had, she was like, into? Magazines. Like that, yeah. Well, I mean, when she was a kid, maybe more like that, but then later, you know, it became rock and roll. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the very uh, uh, vibrant scene that was going on in the 70s, uh, a lot of it might have been seen as underground. You didn't hear a lot of Iggy Pop on the radio. Yeah. You know. So there was a lot of stuff in Cream Magazine um, that was great or harkened back to, you know, what the kind of the, the visceral, the more uh, impacting things with rock and roll that kind of was getting lost under all the, the pop mainstream. Yeah rotation that was like every hour you know it was just a rotation of the same stuff yeah like you hear steely dan and fleetwood mac and blah 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 yeah. and um back then it was just kind of it would drive you nuts yeah. you'd listen to the popular station on you know whoever comes in on your radio right and it's like the same stuff um anyway you know i was a huge beatles fan huge yeah i was like obsessed with the beatles and it's all because of my sister it's her fault how much older is she six years oh yeah that's mm -hmm. that's a that's a good at that point yeah that's a huge chunk yeah it's like a different but, generation <laughs> yeah but <laughs> for a child <laughs> for, yeah because yeah. like i was like eight or nine years and old she'd be like 15, 14 15, or something yeah 15 so yeah. yeah when she was like 13 14 15 she was getting beatles records and rolling yeah. stones records and stuff and uh, it was this whole new world for me because a lot of that stuff wasn't, you. I mean, a lot of the history with that music and the the um, British invasion and stuff yeah. in the early 60s and stuff, it, it wasn't all over the radio then. Mm. You know, I mean, you'd hear, some, you'd hear the same Beatles songs or whatever, or the same Rolling Stones songs. Right. You wouldn't really get a feel for what things were really like. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but then you read these books about what things were like in Liverpool. Mm. And then you learn about, like, oh, the Rolling Stones, they're the bad boys, but they were the, they, they were the kids with money. Mm -hmm. The Beatles were yeah. the poor kids yeah. who had a rough time and grew up in a city that had more crime than Detroit ever had. Yeah. You know, so... Well, that's a, yeah, marketing shit going on with yeah. how those bands were well, marketed. And it worked both ways. You know, it yeah. worked in favor in both because, the you know, the, Beatle, the Beatles were the pretty boys who couldn't play their instruments. Yeah. And that seems like a thing with Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, it happened with Echo and the Bunnymen later on. And, yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. So, in Liverpool, they didn't teach them how to play their instruments. Well, they're just like... <laughs> They're like, we don't, yeah, we just picked up these instruments yesterday, you know, <laughs> like we just, it, I think there's something special about that in rock and roll where it's like, you just pick something up and you're just like this savant or not yeah. necessarily savant, um, but you're just, uh, you've got the stage presence and you don't yeah. really care about yeah. what you're playing. You're yeah. just, you know, and, and, um, yeah, I'm not just going through the motions, you know. I'm, you know, it's it's this thing that just like exploded, yeah. you know. And uh, that's not really true. Um, who was it? Wasn't the drummer Echo and the Bunnymen? It was like, was he a jazz musician? I don't know the whole history of Echo and the Bunnymen, but yeah. Um, but the Beatles too. I mean, John Lennon would pretend like he didn't know what he was playing or any yeah. chords. But Paul McCartney to this day says they had to go across town to find out what a B seven chord was. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, so that <laughs> yeah, they were he has 
gone with that story to this day. Yeah. You know, it's like something yeah. that I feel, you know, he, the mythos has to remain, you know. Well, and then there's, I mean, there's people, like, later, like, you find it, like, you know, Pavement. That guy, you know, you see what, the way he played later, like, he was dumbing his playing down on purpose to be, for Pavement. Oh, yeah. Kind of, you know, like, Malthus. Yeah. Because later, he was just full on doing, like, shredding, you know, because he could. But it was oh, like a, po- yeah. it was like a strategy, you know? That's not, that wasn't his goal in Pavement to be, like... You know, like Led Zeppelin or whatever the fuck, you know, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, they, they, I mean, I know they both that, I, I don't know a ton about Pavement. We yeah. toured with them and kind of became sort of friends with them for a little, for a minute. You so know? the U.S. Maple Times? Or, yeah, uh, and, um. Well, yeah, the, you guys too, like, but yeah. you, what you guys did was cut out, like, all the catchy parts. And, like, But you, you, it was obvious, at least to yeah. me, like, as a listener, that, like, you were on purpose withholding, st- like, cutting parts out. Like, it I felt guess like... that's the way it's looked at. I always thought that was what, weird. We kept the catchy things in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you guys, you guys... I'm not trying to be glib, you know. No, like, no, I know. I'm trying to... I, I mean, I guess... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Um... You know, we were hoping to be the dance band of the future. The dance band of the future. Yeah, and and well, Tim <laughs> Jones was saying, yeah, he when yeah. when he was doing Breeze Gloss and uh-huh. um, oh, you fantastic and um, <laughs> you know, we we were talking about pulse music and uh-huh. that. Well, I mean, you can kind of you know people can dance to anything really. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> like maybe we can create something where. It's the rhythm is understood. You don't have to just you know everything yeah. doesn't have to be in your face. <laughs> uh, I love a good techno rave party, you know. Yeah. And then, but like you know, it, 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 every day like that, you know, <laughs> every day like the same R and B songs blasted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's funny. I was talking to an older friend uh, the other day, who's a real old school guy. Yeah. And he, and he, you know, these young kids were talking about R and B because he was asking what they were listening to. Uh huh. So like, what's R and B to a like, kid? That's not R and B. Yeah. And he was talking about like old bands. Yeah. You know, like a, a a lot of the the singing groups with Motown and stuff yeah. like that. And and Motown or Stacks or whatever like Stacks, and, so, yeah. you know, Detroit Highlighters, stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, he's like, that's R and B. Yeah. You know and. It's funny because yeah, when they started calling all this new stuff R and B, I didn't really understand it either. Yeah, but, but I'm well. Let's see. Yeah, I don't like, disagree with yeah, it. I yeah. just don't understand it. Right. Yeah. It's all like like you were talking about with the Beatles or whatever. It's just marketing mm-hmm. shit. It's like yeah. what they, they do in cities with neighborhoods when a neighborhood gets hot. Like I remember a time when I first moved back here in like the late '90s, where Lincoln Park extended to like Ashland Avenue and places because that's what was selling. Like that's not. <laughs> they did that with Wicker Park too. They did um, it with all of yeah, all, all the fucking neighborhoods. Pilsen yeah. here, you know, Pilsen goes up to like Western Avenue, uh, according to realtors. Yeah. Whereas I mean I've done research on this. You know where Pilsen ends at Ashland. That's the end of Pilsen. <laughs> oh yeah. Technically, um, west of Ashland is heart of Chicago. Which is a neighborhood so nobody ever. So it doesn't go to heard. Western Pilsen. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought like nowhere, nowhere, really... nowhere does it like. It's. <laughs> I thought it went like, like around where Cermak, you know, it goes yeah. over. Or something. No, like Pilsen's the like basically, village. yeah, like 
like you know Halstead to Ashland. They're more or less just like so. West plus Hope or minus starts in, or is it something else uh, that starts at Ashland? It's Heart of Chicago. Heart of Chicago. That's what it's called. Oh, okay. Uh, like on the, on the yeah. old war maps and I've stuff. Forgotten this stuff. But this yeah, is all mar- this is all like ma- marketing gimmickry and like you know the yeah. border like in in countries like the borders change all the time and I think they're so calling like whatever what what were they talking about R and B like R and B is what like some kind of slow jam like I don't know whatever, what they're playing baby um, making me, like 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 something from the nineties or something is R and B or like what's um. What were the kids talking about R&B? I don't know. It was some newer thing. Yeah. But I have no idea what it was. I don't know. Uh, you know, it was something that's popular on the radio. and Now it's all like a Not a Chance the Rapper, but like yeah, something yeah. popular, like something and something younger, Yeah, I think. now. And and this kid at the school was, you know, he's probably about 20 now, or in his uh, early 20s. He's, yeah. he's saying, oh, this is a new thing. This is the latest in R&B. And this, uh-huh. this, this older friend of mine who grew up in the south side and grew up around the heart of you know r&b back in the uh 50s and 60s he's just like that's you know that's ludicrous what you're listening to is bad horrible pop (laughs) that sounds like it would have been commercial you know in it would have been a bad jingle advertisement back in the 70s or 80s but now that's music however that's what kids like to listen to (laughs) not that you know ads aren't music but you know um jingles that's fine but you know but before all that so like the the 13 year old you 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 and your friend were what were you trying to do well that's the thing it's like that's when there's kind of this realization of uh you know like um uh so um i don't know if this is a joke or not but i'm writing a book (laughs) and you know and i keep saying that why is that a joke (laughs) Because like you should I, write I'll a start fucking writing book. something, and then I'll just like give up, and then I'll start writing something else, and uh-huh. then I give up, and then I'll start writing something yeah. else. And um, so yeah, that's I, how books get written. They're chunks of I, things, and then in the end, you put them in a fucking blender, and you you staple them together, slap them together with glue. Yeah, and then then you have a book. That's that's how I write books. I don't yeah, know, like, that's, that's, that's how true. a book is written. Well, I, I unless you think... went to book writing school where like they have techniques and strategies, but like people that don't, yeah, like, just slap it together from pieces. So you're writing a book. That's awesome. Well, I'll funny. read that book. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I had a teacher who really great teacher, and I wish I could find her. I think she's still alive. But this was a uh, when I was younger, a teacher mentor, you uh-huh. know, who like, um, you know, it was funny because she she saw like. Uh, that, you know, I, I was I was always working at things, and I really worked at, like, tr- doing art. You know, yeah. like, it was, like, learning perspective and stuff, I guess I, lo- I was lucky yeah. in the sense that, you know, my parents didn't just tell me or show me, or I didn't have, like, art, like, art uh, people around me all the time teaching me about perspective and stuff. But they had nice, you know, they had books about art and stuff like that. And I learned uh, stuff at an early age and learned about perspective and, like, you know, how to draw and how to, you know, put things on paper that, like, you see it. Um, so I learned art at an early age, you know, and, and, and by high school, it was definitely becoming 
apparent to me that this was the direction. This was the yeah. course was going into art. Even though everybody tells you, you know, don't do that because yeah. you'll be poor and struggling right. for the rest of your life. And, and they're right. And, and they, yeah, told, they told you the truth. <laughs> they told me the absolute truth. And they were absolutely right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at the same time, this teacher, you know, she would tell me those things. You know, she's like, I don't know if you should go into art. She goes, uh, you know, I was in the art, like honor society for art. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd gotten like a, I'd won, well, I'd gotten third place in a national when the scholastic thing art competition yeah yeah i i won one of those <laughs> really yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah i placed third in this in this thing and it was the, the worst illustration thing i'd ever yeah. done i'm yeah. like i didn't you know i was just like god this is oh well maybe i should go into illustration yeah you know i don't know graphic design you know mm-hmm. something that you feel safer with you know and not just like freelance or like yeah. um yeah trying to create something that's new and amazing and be the next Andy Warhol or whatever. Well, I was like kind of obsessed with uh, Richard Estes and like Chuck Close, hyper-realism. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. I just don't know. Was this this teacher that uh, introduced you to that? No. How did you find them? No, I mean, this is the thing I was talking about with, like, bookstores. It's, like, it's sad they're not around because you go into bookstores, you go into the art section, and you find books. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see, you know, as far as, like, interesting books on design and artists and stuff like that, I mean, of course, there's a lot of stuff. It's great to have, like, the the big names and stuff because a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. Um, But then there's also a lot of, more, I guess to just sort of seem, seem more obscure now. Uh, I mean, I was surprised to find more books on Mark Rothko yeah. at a bookstore recently. But, um, you know, it took me a while to get into Mark Rothko. Yeah. But once I did, again, any I'll just get into things and become obsessed with yeah. that. And then that's the thing I'm into, you know. But, like, so junior high, I guess, you know, my friend, you know... He was one of the people I could talk to about like weird stuff and weird music and soundtrack stuff. Mm. I mean, everybody else thought Brian Eno and Tangerine Dream were weird. Yeah. And I just thought, I thought that was, they were soundtrack people. I thought they were like, they weren't that weird. Well, they did so many soundtracks. Tangerine Dream, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like every other soundtrack was Tangerine Dream, it seemed like. (laughs) Yeah, and for, yeah, and for movies back in the 70s, you know, um, stuff that they were doing uh, was, I I don't want to say revolutionary, what's the word I'm saying, but like very um, sort of, um, uh, sort of, uh, I don't want to say just confrontational either what's the word i'm looking for i mean but but the, you know uh and i don't know if they started it but you know with movies like um with um rob schneider roy scheider yeah the remake of wages of fear uh, yeah uh sorcerer sorcerer yes sorcerer yeah uh, i think that that movie um one of the uh, tough things about it was uh, the soundtrack was giving people heart attacks and stuff or something. <laughs> uh, there was some problem with it. Yeah. yeah. But like Pino DiNaggio too was, was like Carrie. Mm. Um, it wasn't so much 
that kind of thing, you know, like yeah. where it's like it has to be confrontational or it has to be so intense that it <laughs> causes people to have heart attacks. But like the aesthetic and, you know, um, it seems like the word aesthetic has become a bad word. You know, it's like, sure. oh, you're an esthete. You know, yeah. it's like, no. Like you're a snob or like you're elitist. Yeah, you know? it's like, no, but you like how something is, if something is done well. And I like I like tell, telling people that that means you have taste. You know, yeah. so they don't like hearing, <laughs> but like I say it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll happily, happily uh, cop snob any, t- any day of the week. Uh, sure. That's yeah. Fine. That's, that, it's not a slur to me. <laughs> like, yeah. to me it says you're paying me a compliment. <laughs> right. You know? So, so at 13 you were like, you're really into the soundtrack music? Yeah. I mean, that was, it was a real growing interest of mine, you know? Um, How did the, the, the visual art and the music, they were always like to get, they were always like to get, not together, but like both really super important the whole time yeah and i felt like books you know reading and 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 uh interesting stories and interesting it was all part of one big thing right yeah Yeah. um you know like like more kids were you know coming back to getting into surrealism and salvador dali and so i did some papers and some lectures or speeches or whatever you want to call them back Mm. then in high school yeah you know, especially about Max Ernst and a lot of the adventures those people had. Yeah. And, of course, it's, it's um, you know, these people had money so they could do certain things. They could more <coughs> pool their resources together and, yeah. and play their games and and give and uh, give and they were in, con- in countries where their activities were actually supported and they're Unlo- unlike supported. this country where it's lo- largely not <laughs> yeah and you, and you wonder <laughs> in like, broad strokes it's just not you know like <laughs> oh, and, 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 and you wonder what's going on i don't know i i mean i don't want to go there with 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 like uh, you know certain uh like uh, like analyzing things uh-huh. too much because I feel like I can't anymore. Yeah. There's there's no use in it. Yeah. The 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 agenda is there and people will say what they want and yeah. they're brainwashed into thinking on whatever side they're on. Sure. And, and you know, it was like in the Reagan years, the not the reactionaryism on the right, but the reactionaryism from art an artistic standpoint was very different. Uh-huh. And it was very uh, volatile because you know, you could, it was hard to get a voice out there in a certain way, you know, I think, you know, it was very, now you got the internet, you got all kinds of ways of getting, you got forums, you got groups, you got a lot more support. Well, yeah, but that's, that's what all those and, scenes um, you were talking about earlier, yeah. that's what, that was our internet, was like, right. so, there was tiny Fanzines, little, MLR. yeah, ma- mail order, like, that's how you yeah. got the stuff in the Factory 80s, five. like, yeah, the 80s yeah. were just like for actual culture was just like death valley you know yeah. like yeah yeah trying to explain that to younger people they just don't understand they they think the 80s were cool yeah. like the 80s were not cool <laughs> like yeah <laughs> not to to grow up in the 80s was not yeah i think we're i think you're my, a couple of years older than me i think uh yeah well, people don't but, uh, understand... The per- like how yeah. you had to really fucking dig to find anything worthwhile. Uh, people didn't like, understand the stuff back then. You know? Yeah. I mean, the same thing. You well, had Rush Limbaugh screaming about Karen Finley on the radio. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I thought... 
I have to come home and listen to this stupid talk radio show because I gotta hear this reaction stuff. I gotta yeah, hear it. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And when you had these talk show people like Bob Laster, who was kind of a continuation of um, with Alan Berg, or you know, oh, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah. that was kind of becoming a thing. And I think, yeah, it was Oliver Stone that kind of kicked it off with mm -hmm. Eric Bogosian and stuff. Um, but at the same time, you know, it had been going on. Yeah, just people were, were paying attention to it more, and then it became this thing, you know, where people are going back and forth. I just thought it was so entertaining. That's what I would come home from class <laughs> to want to listen to was the latest um, reaction things. But now it seems like, you know, the culture like, wars, <laughs> semantics have gone the way you know, and 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 yeah, it's I don't know, it's um, it's it's it's. It's really hard to do art for art's sake anymore. <laughs> it's, it's really tough, you know, because you will get pigeonholed with something. But then, like, so, but when you were starting out, you really thought that you could, like, you could do whatever the music, and they would just find its, uh, like. I mean, it was like, just there basically was an audience, or like, when it's you, just for you and your friends. I mean, everybody is an individual. That that's just you're not going to be able to avoid that, you know. And when you're alone and you have sort of these epiphany moments, I mean, they're going to happen, you know, and you can avoid it. You can say, no, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a hive of a hive and uh -huh. I'm, I'm locked in and I'm a drone. But like, <laughs> you really aren't. You're, you are, uh, you know, an individual also and, and you uh, are separated in ways from other people and you can't help that. And you're not always accepted with your thing. You know what I mean? Uh, so finding acceptance is great. But when you grow up and, you know, it's like you you don't really have a group of people to just, like, glom onto. You don't have yeah. this rabble. You don't have this mob. But you don't have this group thing, thing going on. So you feel, like, ousted. You feel like an outsider, you know. And you feel like, you know... Um, so you're trying to find your own way and stuff. Yeah. And there's... There's like, you want to, you, you, you hear these things in your head, you see these things that you want to put on a canvas or whatever, yeah. but you just can't. Yeah. And you're finding like, well, you know, like, how do I, how do I express this? How do I, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's something that, that you can't express, you know, like, uh, yeah, when you're, when you're trying to find something now, I, mean, I don't want to say it's necessarily new or original, but maybe when. But at thirteen, to... like, what was that at music? Like, what did it sound like? Can you describe? Like, was it just? I don't know. You was know, it like, like chaos, um, or <laughs> sometimes, or sometimes very ambient and nice. Like, what was the instrumentation? Well, we had like you know, um, just a little like you know old fashioned reel to reel, little reel to reels, and. Um, in different recorders, but like a lot of times it was just the tape, the, the, the desktop cassette recorder or something, mm -hmm. and we'd use in use that in also, you yeah. know, with other things. You know, we didn't have a studio or anything. Yeah. And so it was a lot of like kind of field recording, kind of like odd things, you know, using things in the garage. Yeah. Um, finding tools. Um, borrowing things from yeah. people borrowing instruments you know we didn't have 
you know amplifiers and stuff like that so we borrowed them yeah. or I had one I had like some cheap thing from a garage sale mm -hmm. and we had some you know but like you know at the time too you don't know like about creating something novel you know it's like yeah. you just want to be you want to be in in a place where you can just accept it and there can be groupthink sure and so I was learning, you know, Led Zeppelin songs, Rush. I was learning all the classic rock songs to try yeah. to be in rock bands. Yeah. And play parties and stuff. And there was, in high school, you know, like, I got to that point where yeah. I was with a friend who was a really good musician, mm -hmm. a really good drummer. Um, a terrible human being, but, like, you know, really good drummer. That's often the case, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, um... He said... Whatever talents or whatever ambitions are not bestowed on the, on the kind and nice people, oftentimes, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, those are the unicorns. You know, like yeah, the nice mean, person that's really good can, at what they do. That's like you can, <laughs> you know, you can help people. You can be there. Uh, you can do outreach as much as you want. Sometimes yeah. it works, and it's always good to to try. <laughs> but when there are people that just um, are not going to change, or you know, mm, whatever, yeah. or or are uh, or are as bad as your mom said they were, you know. <laughs> and you find out when this guy became a cop, he was illegally illegally strip searching people. Yeah, you know. But back in the you know early high school days, you know, I I, sh I shouldn't have that go on. So probably he might hear this. No, I don't know. Yeah. No, you're, you're not naming names or anything, <laughs> and this is a long time ago, and. But yeah, this the five like, people that will hear this will not know what you're talking about. Right. You know, um, so you know, that was the socially acceptable thing back then was to, to play you know, part to play in like, like hair metal bands. Yeah, yeah. And people don't like that term hair metal. Like yeah. doesn't everybody have yeah. hair in metal yeah. or what well, they paid a lot more attention to their hair than other people. Yeah, <laughs> it's like big hair. We yeah. should say we should maybe yeah. make that point. The yeah. big hair babies. <laughs> Yeah. Did you guys all have the big hair? No, I never did hair? that. No? No, we never, no, I mean, um, you know, bands like uh, Metallica, yeah. Slayer, uh, bands like that were just starting to, That this is the early 80s, so Anvil was around. Then, <laughs> like um, the ugly loser looking bands? Like, yeah. Like what Metallica <laughs> looked like at the beginning? I love those, like the early, like, quote unquote promo photos. And yeah. It's just like some guy... Like in front of a Seven Eleven, like and they're yeah. some one of the ugliest bands you've ever seen. It was the skate kid <laughs> culture, you know. Yeah. What I mean, we I grew up with that the skate yeah. kid culture. I yeah. mean, it was also just you know, uh, growing up in out in Crystal Lake, where yeah. your base it was a lot of country, mm. a lot of space. Yeah. you know, it was uh, still pretty rural around there. And yeah, more than it was suburban. I mean, we lived in the typical kind of. Um, was almost somewhat trashy suburban, you know, and not not a very glorious, uh, yeah. nice estate place, you know, but yeah. just kind of uh, whatever normal lower middle in class middle class uh, suburb, whatever, you know. But like uh, it wasn't bad, you know. You had like trails going out to nowhere, and uh -huh. um, since there's so many gravel pits around there, oh, okay. they're there for a reason. Yeah, I mean the gravel is coming up. I mean they're still. Uh, are still ra ravaging the land um yeah. it's still strip mining yeah and they and all of these companies vulcan materials and yeah. other ones 
um, did not do what they were um, contracted to do after they uh, were done destroying the land. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to build the parks themselves. Yeah, yeah. And remove all the materials, too. Sure, yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. And neither did the, the corporate, you know, entities around there and the citizens. Yeah. Um, really, it was the McHenry County um, defenders and the Prairie Path, the Fox River um, environmental people. Yeah, that were the ones that came and like um, like cleaned up the water and so. Or, it's or not it's all not, clean. Not, yeah, but it's but uh, they they fixed up things to the point where they've built some parks there and there are some safe areas to yeah. swim and stuff like that. But at the time when I was a kid, I mean. It was just like these hidden, oh, well, they, they kind of hide these gravel pits a lot of times too. They uh-huh. import these giant pine trees so you couldn't see the gravel oh, pits yeah. from Virginia Avenue. Okay. And uh, yeah, so, like but for us kids. Natural we, privacy fence. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but we'd sneak back there yeah. and, and, and um, there were areas where we could do motocross and BMX mm. uh, yeah. dirt biking and stuff. And, uh, and so I had a little motorcycle too that I had to hide from my mom in a friend's garage. She <laughs> could not know, you know. And I was like with my cousins when I was like forty, and one of my cousins <laughs> has this land, and they yeah. go motocrossing on it. Yeah. And so I was out there riding around with them, and I'm in my forties. My mom said, "When did you learn how to ride motorcycles?" And I said, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't rode a motorcycle for yeah. decades." You yeah. Know? And she's like, "Decades? When did you ever learn?" Right. She goes, you know, because there were there were a lot of accidents when I was a kid. Everybody wanted to be Evil Knievel or they wanted right. to be their, their favorite stunt or their uh, favorite racer, yeah. racing um, motocross person. And and a lot of people um, got injured pretty badly. Yeah. Well, you know, Corey Rusk uh-huh. from Touch and Go, he yeah. broke like every bone in his oh, body really? back in his 40s. When was it? It was like 99 or 2000 when... He was in traction for like six months or something. Well, yeah, Noah Lecker just broke in it from facts, oh, the drummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for his for his recent birthday, he went and, and like, and he's like obsessed with speed. He's like a racer, you know, like, and yeah. he really fucked up his life. He had, had to cancel a tour. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, this was yeah. like last year. <laughs> I mean, it's like the thing that you, you get involved with, and, and, and it's hard to stop. It's like an addiction, I think. Um, it's so much fun, and but I never got involved with it to like doing competitive stuff. But I can see, you know, my mom's concern, you know, yeah. because all my my friends were getting involved. With so that. that, but that was so that so, somehow that ties in with the hair metal, not hair metal thing. Well, I don't know the skate punk thing. The skate punk, thing, you know, yeah. like I didn't have a lot of skate punk friends yeah. back then, you know, yeah. but. You know, Max and Rock and Roll and Flipside were coming out at the time. Yeah. We had a good record store in my hometown. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the saving things for me. You know, one of uh, a lifesaver sort of yeah. thing at the time. Um, so it's like, uh, you know, uh, and like I said, you know, at some point you're going to be alone. And <laughs> you're always, you know, and, and, and you need, and you need to... Uh, have your own time you know people need meditation or whatever you yeah know? and it's like getting out on your bike going through the countryside yeah alone just thinking uh, like you know i want to do something you know yeah. you have these epiphanies but they're epiphanies of what yeah i don't know you know it's like um i think everybody goes through this i would think you know where you have a sound in your head or a picture that you mm. see and you can't paint it 
a movie that like um but playing in these party bands, that was not that. That was something else that you were working. That was like a side project, like in the hair metal band. I just think that you know you're playing like, with your evil drummer friend. <laughs> you're also you're going to be alone, but then you're also you you're you don't want to be alone, and you don't uh-huh. want to be the weirdo that's just doing weird things. And well, in these days, you, you you get like I said, you get pigeonholed for things, which is amazing. I I don't know how things have come to this. You know, yeah. Or, but even with like people who have seemed original and stuff, they're not original anymore. You know? mm. Like I listened to Tim Heidecker, and I'm like, this guy is fucking a just you know a broken record. Mm. And it's sad, you know. You see these people that um, you think are uh, that that are interesting, uh-huh. and well, I'm even watching movies. I, I hate to name a director that I've really respected. But just going along with everything, it's like, yeah, this is flogging a dead horse. Yeah. Let's get on with things. Let's actually come together and, like, you know, uh, create things that that we enjoy. Yeah. You know, and 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 enjoy being together and 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 not being such, you know, everybody's got to like be in in their own space in another way, which is like. Uh, uh, you know, you're forced into that yeah. by certain constructs now with uh, you know big powers that be not just like <laughs> from one angle yeah. but from you know uh, you know I don't want to say it's just Hollywood yeah. you know but that you know when everybody wants to be in a certain camp and do everything, you know, on TikTok and, and be yeah. part of this whole thing, you know, wacky uh, pop culture, um, you know, and then when people want to be different, it's just like it's trying too hard now, I think, instead of just being themselves, yeah. you know, and I think it's kind of sad for kids growing up now, but now I'm being a broken record with that because I think. <laughs> well, that that just happens with age. It's harder to see the yeah. You know. I mean, I've worked with a lot of Gen Z people, and I've yeah. had a lot of hope, you know. But it is true, hope is a terrible thing. You shouldn't <laughs> just don't have too much hope. Uh, yeah, is that Norm Macdonald or someone? Um, yeah. So, but. There, you know, going back to that time, you know, that was the kind of a turning point, you know, like we're um, coming of age in a certain way, you know, uh, with your friend where you're trying to create some kind of, I don't know, soundtracky music, mm-hmm. like weird stuff, and you're using different things. It, you know, uh, there were various influences, you know. Of course, you know, th- with 60s music and early 70s and people using a lot of field recordings for things. And we didn't have money for synthesizers and things like that. So right. sort of just creating things in a very um, cybernetic kind of way, you know, like with appliances or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and I didn't know anything really about uh, Einstein's and Anoy Bautner or stuff like that or SDK yeah. at the time until reading stuff a little later in... in Maximum Rock and Roll and other things. Um, but then, you know, it's like you're doing this thing, but like his, oh, this is what I was going to get to in the beginning. We were talking about niche cult things. Uh-huh. And this is what this friend's mom said. She said, well, 
you know, these, these recordings you guys are making are interesting. You'll have your little cult following, but you're going to have to make a living somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, all along, I mean, that was yeah. a no-brainer, I guess. I don't... Or, um, you know, all, and, and maybe something that influenced us away from doing certain things at times, too, which is too bad. Because I think if you... Sometimes you go with an inst- a certain instinct, which is to just, you know... Open like if you're doing open tuning and you put your guitar against the the amp and let's do a feedback and hear the sound and you know you're creating something that's like oh this is interesting this sounds different you know yeah maybe that's the direction you should go yeah but then you're like I, I said it's like you're you're kind of all alone and it's hard when you at that age it's hard to be alone you want to sure. be part of things and so you gravitate towards things yeah. Um, that are uh, acceptable and, 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 you know, you want a girlfriend and you want these things (laughs) that you can't get. And, um, you know, you don't, I didn't have any kind of social graces or know how with how to speak to people. And so, um, like with a lot of kids, you know, and, um, yeah, I felt like my nerdy D and D friends were, were better at things like that than I was, you know, <laughs> well, like going, going to the carnival and my, my, my friend Joe bought, or no, what was his name? Um, <laughs> I'm making up names. Yeah. Um, that's uh, fine. Petey, my friend Petey is with Susie. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I thought I was really making strides with Susie talking uh-huh. to her about yeah. S.E. Hinton in, in uh, <laughs> our little uh, book class. Um, <laughs> And it's, you know, it, it's, it's a time where you really take things hard, you know? You oh, yeah. Really Everything's hard. life or death. Yeah. So, so like, playing so hair I, metal didn't help with that? Or, like, or... <laughs> well, I don't know. It, you know, like, at least I had some people to hang out with, even if I was still a punching bag. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, that that's my life story, is yeah. being the punching bag. I, I was talking to Ian Williams one time, when, before he... Um, was full force into the battles. I think maybe he was just starting battles, but like he was maybe back on the road there doing something with Don Caballero. And he was saying how it was kind of tough being on the road with that band because, um, you know, everybody had their egos and, 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 and they would clash a lot of times and there was a lot of tension. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, you know, we, Yes People never really has that problem because I just accept my, my lot with being a, a, a punching bag. <laughs> and if people need to, you know, come at me, that's fine. Just as long as we're all getting along. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I really felt like with Yes Maple, we all got along pretty well. And it was that's really cool to great. Hear. Yeah, that's cool to hear. Yeah, that's... I always wondered about that, like, because yeah. there was such tension in the music, you know, like, you know... Like, well, people thought we hated each other, right. you know, a ton. Like, you no, know, but in, um, at least yeah. the presentation was, like... The, the the two guitar players were so different, you know, like yeah, in, in so many ways, you know, like yeah, and I mean that's part of the beauty of that band, you know, that's the contrast was what you know like made it, it's, you know, it's tough because you know number number one trying to describe like how you want to um, create something, you can't always do that, right? So then you're hoping that people will will go with whatever concept you have around what they're doing, yeah. And, but like what Pat and Todd were doing 
was sort of magical to me. You know, it became sort of magical to me. Were Pat and Todd in a band together before, or? Yeah, so they were in a band that was, you know, it was part of the kind of kind of part of the same scene that we were part of with the Chicago noise rock thing. Yeah, Um, and they were a little bit younger, so uh, you know, um, maybe they were kind of following suit, like with with things that we were following suit with. Your you know, band was Shorty, right? Yeah. Like, and that, so, like before U.S. Maple. Yes. Yeah, what was theirs? I, I guess I never knew what their... So we started out as Snail Boy, and it was kind of a jangly, noisy band at first. Mm. Um, we were kind of, you know, playing with bands like uh, Precious Wax Drippings here. Yeah. Um, I really liked 11th Dream Day, like back in the early days. Sure. You know, I would go to their shows as well as Naked Ray Gun. I thought Chicago had a really pretty good original yeah. music scene, you know, and there was a lot of really interesting ephemeral kind of more like performance art. Yeah, stuff. I've done one of the, these recordings with, with both both Rick and Janet. Yeah, <laughs> from Dream Day. Oh yeah, yeah, I was a big big fan. Yeah, me too. I mean, band. I saw them a lot, you know. And so I liked that kind of, you know, Rick would have this big sound, you know, yeah. and I really liked that. I liked yeah. that he turned the amp up and yeah. got that big sound, you know, yeah. and still had that sort of nice mellifluous sound too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a great voice. Yeah. And I loved how Janet just has a feel and Doug's yeah. got the groove, you know, it's, it's a really great band. I, I was kind of surprised they never made it further, you know, they got a major label deal, but never made it further they both yeah their their timing was off like it it wasn't quite and they weren't you know they weren't nirvana they were a different thing but like yeah they were they got caught up caught up in that time they both talk about like when when i talked to them uh yeah because i feel they didn't really fit in with that all country thing no no they were in between and they were kind of their own thing and also there was the that industry was changing in bizarre ways that didn't suit them yeah that atlantic just did not know what to do with them exactly how to market them you know yeah so if they had you know ended up with somebody that had a more of an insight and that's why you know like bettina broke off from there and started her own thing and that that made sense but that was never going to be on that scale on a major label scale (laughs) yeah (laughs) like it was just never going to be that it's yeah i mean uh there's different degrees i think of with like you know being part of something or or trying to uh, be your own thing and still get out there when you're in that position where it's like they were they were getting some commercial success yeah. I guess I could call it yeah um, then you're going you're on that trajectory um, we were never on that trajectory like that well yeah you know, I was gonna but say I wouldn't I wouldn't try to purposely avoid it you yeah. know uh, so uh, what was Todd and Pat's band what, what was what was their thing what? So they they were you know kind of influenced by a lot of the same noise like scratch acid, uh-huh. and, um, you know that kind of thing that cave, um, yeah. But and and other stuff, other fast noisy rock and roll, right? You know, um, the Chicago noise rock scene was very was pretty intense at that time in the late eighties, yeah. and so um, I didn't know what I had really. You know that was gonna i had to offer to that scene you know mm-hmm. i mean um i didn't network with these bands very well i would send people <laughs> cassette tapes and that i wouldn't hear back from them you know um so really it, again it was just sort of like 
kind of being an actor, just kind of trying trying to um, find things to do. Yeah. In whatever camp, you know, like, and that's what I did in junior high, early high school. It's like, and then, you know, at least it's enjoyable to be part of something. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but in high school, I was going to say our only gig, you know, I thought we were going to be playing like parties and yeah. like, uh, birthday parties and stuff like that. But our drummer, uh -huh. who I, you know, was telling you, he kind of <laughs> had this bad boy thing and I, you know uh -huh. at the time I thought oh, it's a phase or whatever but it ended up being no it's part of his personality and it was a little unfortunate. <laughs> your drummer was Tommy Lee right? <laughs> it was yeah probably worse than that I don't know but like but he was so good he could do like Lee Belson yeah oh man he could do all this yeah jazz stuff but you know I wasn't that kind of a player yeah uh, I didn't feel like I was uh, really I wasn't virtuosic with guitar uh -huh. I didn't feel like I felt like I compensated, you know, I, uh -huh. I try to hear ape things or whatever, you yeah. know, with rock or whatever. But, um, but when I was at home doing my own thing, yeah. I just want to create a wall of sound uh -huh. and a certain wall of sound, you know, it's like, um, you know, I love Velvet Underground and I love the whole idea of the New York drone thing. Uh-huh. But the same three chords, I'm not really into. Yeah. You know, and then when Sonic Youth came out in the early 80s, and this friend I was talking about that we were trying to do this kind of artistic, like, soundtrack. Yeah. He brought over Evol, and that was the first time I heard Sonic Youth. Oh, okay, yeah. And maybe, uh, I think I was in college, actually. Yeah. I was back for, on break, and he, he goes, oh, you got to hear this record. Yeah. I'm like, I've seen the posters in the record yeah. store. And the record store owner was actually asking me, he's yeah. like, oh, you heard, these guys are interesting. They're yeah. really artistic. And I'd read about him a little bit yeah. at Maximum Rock and Roll and like with, um, uh, what's his face, uh, um, not Reese Chatham, uh, Glenn Branca. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I didn't, really, I didn't really equate it all as one thing, you yeah. know, like um, the whole no wave thing, you know, I, I don't know if I was totally into it at the time because I, I, didn't, I didn't equate everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when I heard Sonic Youth, yeah. I just got really angry. I was yeah. just like, this is what we were trying to do. We were banging the soundboard of the piano. Yeah. You know, going, yeah. And doing all this stuff and banging on the guitars yeah. and stuff. And but we wanted to make a nice sound, a nice dissonant sound, yeah. right? And I heard this record, I'm like, this is what I was trying to achieve. Mm. They did it before me. Yeah. I'll never do anything. Kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and the same when like the cows came around, you know, I'm like God, you know, like that's really that 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 like onslaught of noise, but there you could still grasp some melody in there. Yeah. And you know, with Thor or Kevin, you know, and, and then um, Shannon uh, definitely having this presence that's very entertaining. Yeah. Um. You know, but it was just that noise sound um, that they had in the very beginning, too. And maybe part of it was Mac's shitty studio up in Minneapolis. Oh, really? There was some <laughs> cool stuff going on in Minneapolis. Mm. And, you know, so the Minneapolis thing, Chicago, you know, a lot of these cities had cool stuff going on, but you'll never know about it. Yeah. You'll never hear about it. Nobody recorded a lot of stuff, you know. Um, yeah. It's just very ephemeral. And gone forever. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I there's know. now, like, I these little documentaries, like, 
Uh, did you ever see what was that one? You weren't there about the Chicago early Chicago punk scene. Yeah, no, I was like, really happy that they talked about Silver Abuse and some of these bands. It's um, cool that they made that, but um, like no result. I mean, end result and um, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There and there was this, and it was a very short lived scene. Just like all the the punk scenes were like they're specific and. And yeah. then and then like the meatheads came in and took over and made it shitty. It was well, that I, way in I, L.A. It was that way in like every place, you know. Well, I did. You know, I I don't know. And nobody I found out think, outside of the that scene, you know. Like, I also think a lot of times, you know, you have. I mean, I'm trying to think what is there was the documentary about the one street artist guy, or the guy that would just go to shows and stuff, and kind of his life was his art. The real tall, lanky guy. I can't think of his name. It was a Dan the Fan, or like there was a few of them, <laughs> like the people that would. This go guy was this real show. tall, long beard, mm. lanky guy with like all the the uh, um, kind of uh, an amalgamation of ethnocentric like clothing kind of thing. Mm. Very interesting guy. I can't think of his name. There was the there was a musician here again, a band that I don't even remember the name of it. This guy that made a documentary or made some films with this guy. And a friend of mine, um, Nikki Pavkovic, or a friend of my sister's actually, mm -hmm. but you know, he had this magazine that was really nice and glossy. I'm trying to remember the name of that. I can't even remember <laughs> the name of that magazine, but he, it was kind of more in Boys Town. Yeah. We could call it Boys Town. Yeah. And, um, and um, there was a lot of art stuff going on there that he felt needed to really be seen and be yeah. known. You know, yeah, and it was really cool how he was uh, exposing that with this really yeah. nice free magazine that he had. Um, and uh, but like, yeah, I barely remember a lot of this stuff. I know I have a lot of stuff in boxes somewhere, yeah. Um, and I should go through that and frame some of the stuff and have it in the house, you know, yeah. Um, but I kind of lost, you know, uh, not interest, but just lost a grasp on on the past, you know, things of the past that were, that really mattered, you know, yeah. I think. And, um, you know, you get uh, things in life that happen and you don't have control over all that, you know, and of course. just dealing and coping and struggling with things. And then, and then you move on. So, you know, uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, it's just like sort of, moving on with things and trying to start some new, I was just talking to my partner this morning. She, we were talking about both like trying to do next things, right? Uh -huh. Sure. And not thinking about the past so much. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds cliche, but you know, you, you really do. You just have to move on. No, it's super important. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and which, I mean, that's not something I, I, I take lightly or, or forget. Yeah. It's just moving forward, but at times you get kind of enveloped with the past, like you'll forget about things and you'll be away from things and then it'll come back and you'll be like, oh, I really wish I could have these things again, you know, or I wish this thing had happened the way I wanted it to, right. you know, and, uh, um, you know, I liked it being back in the days where I didn't care about sure uh, trajectories and making it somewhere whatever but as you get older you know you get on towards the end of life we oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the light at the end of the tunnel the and, the, and now, and now it's dimming. <laughs> no but you said earlier something uh 
Oh, we just mentioned U.S. Maple once, and you were saying how you guys thought it was going to be like the next dance music. That was like oh, some, I don't know if they thought that. I thought I you thought. Thinking, yeah. So you're like when you you were starting that band, you thought it would be like catchy music or like or like a well on some level like pop like some level of popular I, like you had an idea that it would. Yeah, I thought catch we were going to do yeah. you know because the first record. Uh, I, I, a lot of those songs, um, I didn't know, like, a lot of the parts, the main parts of a lot of those songs, um, like Stuck and, and some of the other early songs, um, Stuck as a single, but on the first record, too, um, a lot of the songs were just sort of kind of straightforward rock riffs, Yeah. and then we wanted to just sort of, like, um, uh, you know, butt things up against one another in a way that it would work, where it's not yeah. just butted up against each other and yeah. it's a succession, but a weird progression. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, I wanted, you know, like after Shorty was sort of done, you know, I was pretty sure we wouldn't get any. The bass player had to deal with a real estate debacle, and it, mm. it, it was it was hard for him and his yeah. wife at the time. And I feel very bad that they had to deal with that. Yeah, it had to do with their realtors. Mm. Not telling them about a foundation problem, and then you know later on it becomes a three-party suit, and oh. then you know he obviously couldn't go on the road, and that so was that the, kind of ended that band. So in '94, yeah. after we did a European tour with uh, partly with uh, Digits, and then Digits oh. ended, um, yeah. they had some tragedies that happened, yeah. and um, it always seemed like we came into with other bands that were very important to us. Yeah. At the wrong times, like at the end, yeah. or something like Pavement ended, you know. Right. Brainiac, Tim Taylor passed away right after we did a tour with them. <laughs> and even if we never talked again and they yeah. wouldn't give me the time of day, it would have been nice to see them. They were such great guys, and it would just have been nice to see them doing the thing they loved. Yeah. You know, as they were, you yeah. know. And, and I haven't even seen the documentary yet. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I saw that documentary. I know which it came yeah. out recently. Yeah. yeah, the Brainiac one. Yeah, Todd uh, was just saying his band Dead Rider played a show with uh, a reunited. I mean, it was in honor of Tim. And the, yeah, and yeah, I, I read about the the other some kind of. I didn't even know about that. They yeah. kind of had this re, yeah. re reunion, and I really would have loved to see that and and see those guys again. You know, but yeah, I mean, we did the last Jesus Lizard tour. Mm -hmm. We did the, yeah. well, one of the last Royal Trucks. They, no, Royal Trucks still gets together. <laughs> okay, that's one thing. <laughs> that's the one band you didn't kill? Yeah. By, by your association oh, yeah, with so them? Is that, yeah. that, that, that's what you're... I, I can see where this is all heading. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what's funny about that is that was the best reception we got, you know, was... For Royal, Royal Trucks? Royal Trucks, the, the best crowd that we Interesting. had. I mean, as far as readily accepting yeah. us. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst at understanding what, like, any kind of... Whatever you want to say, popular. What's popular? Like I'm, I'm wrong all the time, but I can't. Yeah, I have no idea. I would not know like what the 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 biggest audience for U.S. Maple could have been. I don't know. I mean, I love that band, but like they were. Well, it was like, I I don't know. I mean, I listened to music a long time. There was. It's one of those rare times where there's like a 
a kind of confrontational thing about that band. Something about that sound was different than the average band. Oh, thank you. Uh, and it was something about cutting up parts from like that you could tell were from like like classic rock, but they were not. Yeah. It was like cubism or something. Oh, nice. You know, like that's what I always thought it was, but. Uh, but I appreciate that. That and there, yeah, there, there was like a, I, I don't know if it's like you were saying people thought you guys all hated each other I don't know if I, I thought that far but there was definitely like a, a there's like a thing there was some kind of like yeah. thing of like you weren't going to like hang out and like be friends with this band if you didn't know them I mean like but and then I mean I got like I worked at Byte for about a year, so I waited on Todd as a server, and that one it was he's not he's not an approachable guy, you know. Like I don't I've never had a conversation with Todd like ever. Like I I don't know I don't know I have no idea what that guy's like, but you and him are very different. Like yeah. you seem like a lot easier to talk to at least for somebody that doesn't know you. I, I, maybe or maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know if if the thing is Todd. Uh, feels it's it's phony to be too outgoing in a certain way or something because yeah. uh, I always felt like I you know maybe at times he was annoyed that uh, I, I really was trying hard to be uh, more um, extroverted with, yeah. and, and, and get out there and uh, and I felt like when we were on the road with yes people I was succeeding with like I'd go to the merch table and I'd talk with people yeah. and, and try to get more um, interactive with people and and um i know it was uh, it was it was like therapy for me and, yeah um, everybody's different because in high school it was hard for me to yeah. be a super a sociable person i mean i um tried at times also yeah. and you know but there wasn't weird art groups and 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 weird art music going on like i said it was kind of yeah. you you're kind of going along with other people's um so social groups yeah. and um, cliques and things, and you're just going along with that. Um, so, you know, here, this was something different. You know, it wasn't part of the alternative rock or yeah. indie rock. Indie rock became a, a bad word, you know, at sure. some point. Yeah. You know, and, um, uh, you know, so it, it was hard to say, well, what genre are we? You know, where, 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 where do we fall into place? What are we, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, well, we're ind- indie, but independent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what it originally meant, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, Actually independent, not not, yeah. not a different kind of mar- a thing to market uh, uh, for the people that don't just like uh, yeah. bubblegum pop music, you know. Yeah. I mean, there were... I Yeah, I don't know how you, you would... I mean, I have no, I have no uh, talent for marketing, but I don't know how... So, so a marketing genius would market that band. I, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we did as well as I think we could. But, like, I think we could have gone... I mean, I definitely think... I, I you know, I don't want to put anything on, on people in the band or anything. Yeah. Um, I do think we could have gone further and done more. And mm. I wish we could have. Um, you know, back in the day, I felt it was all my fault. You know, I'm like, I can't get to practice on time. I got uh, three jobs and like, <laughs> I want to get some sleep, you know, yeah. and try to make it there by six, but I would make it there by eight or eight 30 mm-hmm. and Pat and Todd are angrily staring at me or uh, when it was Adam, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, um, 
I don't want to place it all on substance abuse and stuff, yeah. but you know, and, and I'm not going to blame my members uh, for all that. You know, yeah. it's like, I think that it's really tough to get around that sometimes. Um, yeah. There are the people that are going, or just have, the, they have their course. And yeah. if they're going to, you know, they want to live that Dionysian Bakken yeah, yeah. dream sure. and do every yeah. drug that's possible on this planet. Um, it's, you know, definitely then it's no surprise what's going to happen. You know, people can complain about what Wayne Kramer says, but it's true. Or and, is he, I mean, say, he just says, learn about drug addiction and what's going to happen to your friends. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, fact. yeah, it's a fucking cliche. It's like, yeah. it happens so often. And so after a while, like this is, if you add this and this, this is the result, like for everybody, yeah. unless, unless you're Keith Richards and can actually replace all your blood and half your fucking body parts. Right. You have to have a mountain of money for that. Like if to be a fucking vampire, you know, yeah. <laughs> but most of us don't have that luxury. So yeah. what will happen is you will die, <laughs> you know, or you will not function. Yeah. You'll, you'll end up. You know, you'll be fucking Sid Barrett or something. You know, you're, right. you'll be Rocky Erickson. You'll be whoever. Like, there's a, there's a fucking... Yeah. You can write a whole book of just the, the fucking, you know, drug casualties. Right. One way or another. Either self or whatever because of their own inner chemistry. That just right. You can't fucking survive. Unless you're like these, like, nuclear apocalyptic cockroach. Like... Yeah. Like Iggy Popper. <laughs> like... Yeah. And you don't, and, and, and at the That's same the time too, you, you don't have to succumb to the propaganda and you don't have to become Ted Nugent. So it's like, yeah. you don't have to become any of that. No. You don't have to like, you know, be part of any, like you could, there's, there's so many, um, things out there, uh, you know, uh, and God, this is horrible. You know, Kanye <laughs> West has made it such a horrible, anything he says, you know, it's like, he talked about engineering, like, don't bring up that word. Just yeah. like critical thought. Don't yeah. be, please people yeah. don't bring up critical thinking. You don't know what the word means. <laughs> yeah. It means you always question yeah. what you're, you, you know, um, yeah, you, you got to always question what the truth is and what's yeah. going on and do your own research and, and, and get out there and, 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 uh, but the, the word engineering uh, uh, is like a serious... I think we should look at the serious problem with infrastructure and environmental problems. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I gave up uh, on environmental lobbyist, uh, you know, activism stuff years and years back. But it, it, you know, even if you're exhausted and you give up on things and yeah. you're still worried and concerned, you can't get away from it, you know? Yeah. And I can't help it. There's this kid at the school where I work who's, you know, kind of freaking out about it. He's like, what are we going to do about this? And this guy is like a business genius guy. Yeah, like, yeah. He knows all about, like, all the different corporate entities and, like, yeah, what's sure. going on with the global economy and stuff. And, you know, we can't get people on board. We can't get this going on. We can't. We're giving away all these patents. I said, you know about that. I go... No one listens to me. <laughs> I mean, NPR finally talked. I got it right here. I, got the NPR article. I was showing some friends at, at a party recently. Uh -huh. I go, this is the article I'm talking about. You know, I brought uh -huh. it up on my phone. And they're just like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, don't call yourself leftists. That's the last thing you're going to call yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. But like, I, I do appreciate people's efforts, you know, whatever it is. But like, 
I, you know, again, it's like, I can't even think about that anymore. It's like, and, and I don't want to be a bad guy for thinking like, I just want to focus on art and yeah. aesthetics in a way that is aesthetics for everyone. You yeah. know, I, I thought us maple was a very inclusive band. Um, I didn't think we were, um, trying to be polarizing yeah. or trying to go against the grain necessarily. And, uh, you know, uh, either. And, um, not necessarily going against everything in the mainstream either. It yeah. just wasn't, there's no interest in trying to grab onto something and ape something. And yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I know we were sort of aping some things. I mean, well, yeah, not, nothing comes from Everything comes from somewhere else. Like you, yeah, there's always a series of actions and reactions and you get to where, yeah. I mean, it's been really interesting to trace what like what you guys have done at, since you know because it's all these different strands. I had a whole like chapter in my oh, wow. music okay. sketchbook, yeah, about all the bands after U.S. Maple, like you know, like Miracle oh. Condition and then Dead okay. Rider and yeah. Singer. It was with Rob Lowe, yeah. Uh, and then like my my friend Bud, who doesn't hasn't lived here for a while, but he was for a short time in a band with Pat. Pat was the drummer, and there was this like soft rock kind of like singer songwriter thing what called Slow Planet. Oh, Slow Planet! Do you remember yeah, Slow that was Planet? Bill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bill from college. Yeah. Right. So my friend Bud, who's a he's a banjo and uh, what chord? No, but, no, but, Bud Melvin was his stage oh, name, Bud. but uh, oh, wait, Bud his Bud real name is actor. John Poston. But, I met Bud. I bet. Yeah, I'm I sure you've met him because yeah, he had the barbecues, and he would do the Game Boy stuff. Game Boy and uh, banjo and uh, pedal steel. Like he's he's been out out in Albuquerque forever. He he's still playing. Did some amazing. I was in um, uh, the um, XRT. No, ZRD. Uh huh. The ZR Northwest yeah. radio station. One night when he was doing stuff, I came out there to see yeah. him. Well, he's playing in the radio station. There were probably like four people. The there. Game Boy stuff. And he was doing the Game Boy, with, and he was singing with with, um, a, with a banjo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was doing like um, Paul Abdul and maybe an early Rihanna song or something. He has whole like there was whole records of like pop, he did really like stuff. like full up like and like every Duran Duran pop so like yeah you do like Rio really, and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, it was great yeah he's yeah. A, he's a really good friend of mine but uh, that yeah, he, stuff was amazing it was amazing yeah. to hear it like it was like when I realized who the drummer in that band was, like, Jesus Christ, this is not, I would never have known, you know? <laughs> well, I didn't this is a very different have, kind of playing. You know? I, I didn't mean to mix up his name with the no, no. actor from... Um, uh, Bud Court. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, from, uh, what's Bud Court? Harold and Mott. No. Yeah. Yeah, is that yeah, yeah, Harold and Mott, right, yeah. Such a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in some a lot of great roles, you know, like... Uh, didn't he play Rockefeller or something in uh, <laughs> um, Jackson Pollock movie? Or he was, who did he play? That could be. I forget. He played, yeah, some big way. But um, yeah, all the straight, like after that band, and then, you know, all the, the kind of different permutations of what yeah. Todd did with Dead Rider, which, you know, kept morphing. And it's, what I like is you guys all like seem to do, you're not, re you're restless and you keep changing. Because the last thing I want and yeah, I'm not the typical music listeners. I don't want to hear the fucking hits. I don't want to hear the same thing. I want yeah. it to be different. I want I want like an active engagement. And you could tell like it yeah. just keeps changing, you know, like for all of you guys as far as I can tell, you know? Like Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, and and you know That's what it seems like to me, you know. We, you know, have 
talked about it over the years and I don't uh, I just hope we can do stuff together again I mean every once in a while you know I'll, I'll do something with Pat or yeah. I haven't done anything really with Todd yeah. I don't think in a while um, but we kept talking about it, you know yeah. and it, I think it's genuine though you know yeah. and we were talking about that also recently like is it genuine when we say hey we're gonna do something soon and we never do yeah <laughs> you know? well but that's okay that's a, a good thought I'm then, hoping yeah, yeah. so you, you would like s- something s- something in the future yeah you know I mean um, uh, I'd like to do stuff with and, and you know I, I'm still hopeful for finding Al, you know, yeah. um, I just talked to him recently, and uh, he's still so in good Iowa? to hear from him. I haven't heard from him in a long time, you know. And this, I mean, people would ask me at work, they'd yeah. be like, "Have you talked to Al?" They yeah. all want to hear about Al, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the few people that yeah. like the band and and know us, you know. Um, but you know, and I'm like, I'm always hopeful. I'm never going to give up hope, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I just talked to him once in a blue moon, and. I've seen his um, his ex and his his uh, his son, who's like 18 now. Mm. I saw him a few yeah. years ago, right before the pandemic. Yeah, he seemed to do, be doing really well, Van. Um, and it was good to see them. But I, yeah, I, I gotta say, I'm sad. I, I wasn't able to find Al. Wasn't yeah. able to run into him. Mm. Um, and. I just haven't really known how he's been doing exactly over the years. I, you know, um, you know, always, like I say, I'm never going to give up hope yeah. for us doing something again, uh, no matter what. You yeah. Know? I mean, there, it, 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 you know, there were many years ago we were, there was the Shorty reunion idea. Yeah. The other members of Shorty and I were practicing and yeah. really, really getting everything together. Yeah. And I knew, you know, it was uh, with a grain of salt, you know, yeah. Al was all really gung-ho about it at first, yeah. and then I think after a while he just felt like he couldn't do that type of vocal thing anymore. Oh, yeah. And we were like, ah, oh, we can find a way, we can distort the vocals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just make it like, a, you know, uh, like Ministry in the uh-huh. mid-eight, in late 80s, or 80s, you know, with the distorted vocal, I don't know. But like, <laughs> yeah. I know, it wouldn't be the same, and he's like, oh, no, that ain't gonna work. Um, you know, and then, you know, he's just disappeared yeah. off the face of the planet for me That's a uh, shame. over the years uh, at times. And then I'm just, you know, grateful for any chance when we can like reconvene and just kind of get back together. And, you know, there were times when, and we talked about this in the eighties too, cause, uh, we talked about having like, not a jug band, uh-huh. but like one of the first incarnations of things that we were talking about that uh-huh. got us together yeah like i i just kind of lost hope for doing doing a, a band or uh-huh. music or whatever in the in college years because in decal back in the 80s you had small groups enclaves of artists and you know people that did sound art and interesting things installations and performance art and stuff Again, it was very ephemeral. It was very hard to talk to those people. A lot of them, I don't know what's happened to them. I don't know if they were just on drugs all the time and that was their thing, you know, which is a big bummer. You know, I always hope that people can be uh, a little more serious about things, even when they're clowning around. Yeah. Clowning can be real serious. It can be a serious business. I don't know. I, I think there's a real, like, there's a beauty or value in things being of a 
at a certain time ephemeral yeah like yeah there's a thing like where like you go to like a, a show and you can't even if you hear a recording of that show it's not the same thing like yeah. a, a recording is great a record is great but it's not there's like and this this thing that the yeah. One of my big old man gripes about the internet is that every fucking old band has to get back together, and they're Brian Case called it like zombie bands, like that. There's not any reason except for like a paycheck that some are Danny Day men gonna get back together. Or... Well, well, you know they're. <laughs> well, I, I was. Group group's right? gonna put out a ninety day men like they're yeah. gonna do the fat fancy like reissue. Yeah. Because you know, Kinsella's doing the liner notes for it. Yeah, uh, I was I was actually asked if I had any ninety day men memories, and I don't because I saw them a few times. So I I, I didn't know those saw guys. Them, you know? They were um, they were all bar, young. All those guys you know? were younger than me. They were people yeah. that hung out at Jinx in Wicker Park where I hung out. But yeah, they were all yeah. like the stone kids who worked there. Yeah, because I didn't even know. Like I met Tim. I didn't know he was like a legend of what. Like I didn't know about Captain Jazz. He was just starting yeah. John Mark then. You know, like. I didn't All those know those people. kids. Yeah. But um but when, you know, there were a few of them that would come to our shows, like at Fireside mm -hmm. and sure. other places, and uh and I, I tried to remember names and, and what these bands are about. Yeah. I didn't really um know what the emo scene was. Yeah. Uh, the the term emo yeah. actually started up in the eighties. Yeah. And what I knew Emo's there's like seventeen generations of it and it's a different yeah. thing to <laughs> what who what I knew, I have no fucking idea what that means. You know, like I'll tell you what I knew. Yeah, what, emo is, what, what's your definition? It of would emo? have been <laughs> a slowcore goth band that was just very depressed in the eighties. Um, I'm trying to think of them. Like what? What's a band that you would I'm trying to think of names of bands because I've forgotten those bands. You know, it's like before Flying Saucer Attack and all that, mm -hmm. but kind of the same sound, but earlier and more. Um, Let's say like. Christian death or something. The, yeah, yeah, like, like, like Christian that. death. Yeah, yeah, like okay, there's like, something. I well, mean, there's all a these lot like of stuff. That yeah, came out of shit that. from there. Like, well, I've just been listening the, to Ramla lately. What was it? The the band Crucifix, where Steve Shelley came, like to oh, end, that, up, yeah. end up joining Sonic Youth. <laughs> <Yeah. like. laughs> Yeah, so it's like, um, I mean, of course... <laughs> that before, wasn't an emo band. Crucifix uh, were not an emo band, I don't think. Or maybe they were, I don't know. Wait, wait, away from goth, then yeah. there was emo um, punk, I guess, or whatever you yeah. call it. Like Rites of Spring. Yeah. And then, right. no joke, um, Sebado got pegged as an emo band yeah. in the late... Whenever it started, late 80s? I don't know when, when Sebado started. I, I was very late to Sebado. I retroactively found out about Sebado. Yeah. I didn't really ever listen to Sebado. I like Dinosaur, but... But when people but, were starting to say that, I didn't realize it was a joke. Yeah. Uh, and that, like, these bands like Captain Jazz and stuff were starting up. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know. So yeah. when the kids would... When I'd meet some of these kids or whatever, I just didn't know the music. I didn't... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's hard to like know about everything and listen to everything. So I just didn't know. I, I nothing against it. I mean, no, I love no. I, uh, Joan of Arc or, or Owls. Yeah. You know, like some of that stuff is really great. Um, but I didn't really know Ninety Two Men, and like I kept meaning to yeah. go see them when they were around, and like you know, some of my friends that I, uh, yeah. who's who's um reviews i trusted yeah we're saying you should definitely see them they're really great they're interesting yeah i think you would have liked them oh yeah, yeah i think they I would like have been up here yeah 
I like the whole idea but, of having piano and, and. But no, yeah, they're about you're about to get a fancy reissue. Like there yeah. will be like a a nice numero group, you know, the way the numero group does stuff uh, of of that band. Yeah, and uh, you know, I get it about the zombie bands, but it'd be nice to see them get back. But I've to talked that. to so. <laughs> Another one of these I did, and yeah. this is like this is a recurring theme too, with especially people older. Like, so I did one of these with Chris Brokaw, and he's yeah. currently, he's there's Codeine reissues and Come, oh, yeah. both yeah. of those bands, their whole catalogs are being reissued. Yeah, and and so once he's doing his music, and then then he's got to go tour, and do, like rehearse and do these old <laughs> bands that he was in a long time ago. And he, he sort of compares it to uh, like doing a play, like doing theater, because you're not like and just appreciating that for what it was. But like he's not, I don't think they're making new cum songs. They're definitely not making new coding songs, I don't think. Huh, yeah, uh, I, I, I thought maybe he was going to do that with Codeine, but I don't know. I'm may, I'm maybe, who, who the it's fuck It's been a knows? long time since I read any reviews or anything. Yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's living in Boston he's in another he's like in a brand new band where he's not the main guy but like they're going to record he's, yeah. he's he's been, you know he does a lot of I different things I know he said he was doing stuff with uh, Mark uh, Morgan who I was really I was oh, really yeah, interested okay, yeah. in hearing that stuff you know I just I love Mark I really like sightings um, I like all the little solo things he'd been doing I was working on some new guitar sounds lately and I recorded this stuff and I was like I really like this this kind of uh, weird gated sound I was getting, yeah. and then I went. I I'm, I never go on Instagram. I yeah. I have a, an account, but yeah. I it might have gotten deleted. I don't know. I'm never <laughs> on there. Like uh, I went on there to look at something one yeah. day because my girlfriend, my my partner Megan, was telling me to look at something on there. She's like, "Oh God, it was something like embarrassing." And so, but then I was like, oh, I should look at what other people are yeah. doing, you know, like yeah. actually interested in like catching up with some things. And I go, oh, Mark has posted some stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Mark's in his bedroom recording some stuff. And I go, God damn it, that sounds just like the thing I recorded. <laughs> I'm copying him. Oh, no. You know. Well, there's this thing as a simultaneous, like where things are invented. Like, yeah. you know, when they debate who... Who invented you know whatever the can the first the first photograph or whatever there's like three or four different legit ones you know <laughs> yeah. that, that could make that's the case that's true but I mean who invented abstract art who invented yeah. like there's well, a, there's things in the air like so like I know like for example yeah. for impressionism one of the reasons for impressionism was the it was new discoveries in science about the way the color spectrum like broke up how light actually worked yeah that that caused you know that that was a new discovery and that's why they figured out that they could put little little swatches of colors next to each other to make them vibrate and and make impressionism you know like and a bunch of people found out about that at the same time but who invented it that style who the fuck knows you know a lot of people at the same time had. are you saying as far as like impressionism or as far as like um as as far as like a design thing, or I mean, like like uh, how how the 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 light spectrum, like yeah, all those colors breaking up, like until some at some point in the nineteenth century, people just didn't know that, you know. Oh, and once weird. once that was yeah. discovered by science, painters took that information right, and yeah. instead of just doing light and dark, like that, it was like 
you know, the way you have in the Renaissance, like they invent, they saw that like actually your eyesight works in a completely different way. Oh, so you can put yeah. two different colors next yeah, to each other and make them vibrate and you can make, you can simulate distance. No, that is crazy. Like, I forget that, that it's just like, it wasn't like. It's in reaction to something. So yeah. you and Mark for, from your example are, can be doing similar things and arriving at he, them like. He kind of has his patent sound. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and he's always kind of had that gated thing. And I'm sorry, Mark, but I, I'm I'm stealing you. I'm stealing you. Well, at least no. you, at, at least at least you're uh, yeah you're announcing it here. Well, no, on the I, air. <laughs> it, it might be a little different, and uh, I hope I hope he sees it as um, flattery. Anyway, um, no, um, I I think it's okay to steal stuff uh, yeah. as long as you do your own thing with it and and give a nod to it. I, I it's really funny how um, there's you know. I'm trying to think of a good example right now. How these bands talk about their influences, mm -hmm. and um, and you know, oh, or like filmmakers, yeah, you know, like Quentin Tarantino talking sure. about the big guys, Sam Fuller or something, you know, and then you're like, yeah, but you know, you really stole something from this person, like exactly, you know, yeah. and you can't even give that person the time of day, you know. Um, he's yeah, he's a bad example because all he does is steal. But like now, <laughs> U.S. people did not do that with Captain Beefheart. I will go keep going on the oh, record. Was that was that to say who, that Captain Beefheart had nothing to do yeah. with our influences? You guys just didn't like Captain Beefheart, or he sucks. No, no, no. I, I love <laughs> I, I love Captain Beefheart, but I, I really oh, only you, knew uh, like. Like, like Trap Mask Replica or something. Yeah, like the yeah. 60s stuff yeah. and then later 70s. I really didn't know the early 70s stuff, which I, I really have loved since I, you know, since people are like, yeah, this is what you're stealing, you know, shoving it in my face. And I'm like, oh, this is rather good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I can see how maybe people thought we were stealing something. You know, they, um, what was it, um, Cold Spot and what is the other record that's right there on that time? The something Clear kid. Spot? There's a Clear Spot. Yeah. And the something kid, the Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not an expert on Beefheart. I, I like Beefheart. That I like period yeah. I can definitely see yeah. um, where people like draw these comparisons. Yeah. But at the same time I'm like eh, yeah, I can see it, you know, but it seems like a lazy comparison yeah. for me. I you know the truth is, we stole everything from DNA and yeah. from uh, <laughs> Sid Barrett and okay, stuff yeah. like. No, I, I don't know. It's just anything, you know. It it really could. There maybe was some conscious things with Captain Beefheart or Frank yeah. Zappa or something here and there, but well, yeah, it could have not been like much. not not firsthand. Second, it's you stole from the people that stole from Beefheart or whatever, like yeah, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I if mean, anything, um, the comparison would be because it, well, it's an, it was uh, they're both esoteric bands that were not really they were kind of like their own thing. Yeah, it's not even the sound; it's just that there's not a way you know, like there's certain artists that you can't have a school like a followers like like Francis Bacon. Yeah. Like, I love Francis Bacon, but, like, you can't build your art off Francis Bacon because all you'll do is shitty Francis Bacon knockoffs. Well, There's, right. It's, an, it's yeah. an end point. You know, like, I don't know if U.S. Maple is an end point, but it's not... 
I don't know how you'd do I, that. I like, came to the um, acceptance, you know, at that uh, before we did U.S. Maple. I came to uh, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? I came to a point where I was uh, in full acceptance that there I can never do anything truly original, like where it's going to be like, oh, this doesn't sound something yeah. like this or yeah. that, you know. In you know when I'm in this uh, when I was in you know like at the end of Shorty and other things that were going on then, but you know Al and I were already always kind of talking about doing some little like jug band or acoustic uh-huh. thing. Yeah, we've been talking about that since the '80s. So that's kind of what got us together. And and, and you know um, I think it would have been fun to do that. You know we never did that. We we were also talking about like. What if we took these songs yeah. that we made in Shorty yeah. or Snail Boy or whatever, and we did them acoustically? Yeah. Um, but not in a tenacious D way, yeah. you know. But like a more, uh, more. F- I don't not know. as a joke. <laughs> not as a not jokey, but like um, I'm trying to think of something that might sound like that, you know. Again, it might sound sort of like DNA acoustically yeah. or something, but like, you know. Um, just doing something like that, do you ever, you know, something this, you could do in cafes and, and, and on the street and stuff like that would be... You know who had a trajectory fine. like that yeah. until, well, well, until he was gone, but it was... Do you ever know who Mark Orleans? Yeah. Do you know who Mark Orleans was? Oh! Yeah. He was in a band called Spore, but then he... He was in a bunch of... He was in New York. He came here... I was in art school with him. He used to be a painter. Uh, then he... He's on some... He's got some records on Northern Spy. He was in Sunburn, Hand of the Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah that's where I know He's a guitar player, but then yeah, what I, he gravitated yeah. towards was really traditional. Like, he got into, like, banjo and pedal steel and, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he'd be, like, he was busking on the streets in New York. There's a great... Okay, that is exactly what I'm talking there's about. A do, there's a doc like, about him, uh, like, like, a, like a half-hour doc or something. There is? I think so, on YouTube. You can, yeah, he... I yeah. look that up. Yeah, he killed himself at the beginning of pandemic. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, he was a uh, no. He was I, a he was a guy with dealt with a lot of depression his whole life. Yeah, uh, that's and a real he just loss. Could not, yeah, he, and he was a sweet, sweet guy, and like painting wrecked his brain. Like he had to quit painting because it ruined his mind. Yeah, like because of the chemicals. He, no, because because oh. the the ideas that he had, like the the goals he had, were so unreachable to like. He just, I mean, when I was in school with him, so he was a year or two yeah. ahead of me, and we used to laugh at him to call him Van Gogh, because he was this little tortured guy with, like, yeah. red hair, oh, yeah, covered in paint. Yeah. Like, he kind of looked like Van Gogh. Uh, but, yeah. And then, and then he ended up in Boston. I moved back to Boston after graduating from art school here. Yeah. And he was there. And that's when Sunburn Hand of the Man was starting. I saw a very early... Uh, version of that. They're great. Somewhere, I mean, somewhere in Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, they're reissuing a bunch of that stuff too. But, and he was all, he'd see me and would always apologize. He'd get this apologetic look in his eye because he quit painting. And to, to him, like I rec- like I was still painting. So it was like, it represented a certain kind of failure. But he went on, oh. like he, he did amazing music, all kinds of music. He was playing with a lot of different people. Uh, he shows up on a lot of different kinds of 
musics. But I was what made me for more stuff with him. I I know I'd heard some solo kind of stuff. Yeah, there's so uh, there's not much under his yeah. own name. Yeah, uh, was there's a guy named was it D Charles Spear? Who's kind of like a freak folky kind of thing. I saw him with that with that guy. I forget what that guy's real name is, but yeah, uh, they played at the bottle at some point. He was playing like pedal steel with that, but he was got really really into sort of like super traditional country and blues kind of stuff, and yeah. that's what made me think of you and Al like reworking like the old like yeah old song I mean, into um, more traditional like instruments. We just thought of it as kind of. Um, I'm saying jug band blues kind of thing, yeah. like a like a plinky folk kind of kind of uh, you know. I mean, it'd be I guess it would sound slightly no wavy or something, yeah. But not Captain Beefheart so much yeah. as um, more ambient folky mm. kind of not ambient. I don't know, you know, sort of wispy. Yeah, like a wispy folk thing. And you know, that would be cool. Yeah, I always thought that that would be a cool idea. And so there was, you know. Several years ago, we were talking about that. I think around between 2000, well, when we were talking about the Shorty reunion, and then he was kind of thinking that might not work out. Yeah. He would come up with his acoustic guitar, and we were trying to work out some little tunes. He joined uh, forces for a second with um, Billy Dolan. Oh, yeah. Oh, the... um, I don't know those guys really. High Five five style. style. Yeah, I don't know him personally, but... Yeah. Oh, they, oh, they they were playing together. Or they like... did um, some song. They created some songs together. Where I guess the Billy Dolan and whoever else um, there were other musicians he worked mm-hmm. with. I don't know if they were five style people. A couple of people I recognize their names, yeah. but I don't remember now. Um, they uh, worked out these songs that were very. Um, I don't really know how to describe them. Very. Uh, laid back yeah kind of rock um not john mayer exactly (laughs) but like you know i could see him being being you know at um the kind of like the stoner section of the spring break Mm. (laughs) you know um anyway yeah it was pretty pretty you know good with al's vocals you know yeah something that I didn't think of al singing to yeah and then when i heard it with him singing i thought it was pretty cool and um yeah uh I, I i made it late to the they had one show at at hideout one oh. year when was that way back in 2012 or something maybe mm. 2011 2012 and uh and um i you know i think they were they were seriously thinking of going to the studio and recording yeah. these songs they just did these demos yeah and i thought yeah this is pretty cool yeah. and i i got to the Hideout, and they were in the middle of the set. I missed it because I was yeah. at work, and I, I thought I'd get out in time to see it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Ryan Weinstein was there, and he wouldn't let me in the club because I was late. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ryan. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, no, you know, I get it, I get it. All right, I'm going away. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, that was funny, uh, but. Um, you know, but I I meant to make it there early, but like I couldn't. I had to. Yeah. I had work and rent and bills. So anyway, um, you know, but uh, but I and I thought that they would continue on with yeah. this thing, and I don't. 
think that they had more than I don't know if they did at other shows or yeah. if they ever did go into the studio and record together. Yeah. Al and the band. Yeah. Billy Dolan's band. But um but there were a lot of hopeful moments there, you know. I thought, well if you can get doing that, you know, that'd be good and then we can do our acoustic thing too and but that acoustic thing we've been thinking about since, yeah. like I said, the late '80s when we got uh, together, because you know I was thinking of doing this this giant wall of noise kind of thing. Yeah. Al, on the other hand, was kind of into the more, um, um, pretty boy folk kind of things. Like, oh, um, oh, he's gonna hate me if he if he here's this probably but like <laughs> but, that's okay He'll but no, I, you know i <laughs> i was inspired in a way just because it wasn't it wasn't really my what i gravitated towards like he was yeah. into water boys and early delametry not the more like hits uh. of the 90s delametry but earlier uh. like scottish folk sounding okay stuff which yeah or like kind of just more like earnest love songs or right. I don't know how to you know country pastoral sort of. pastoral music yeah it's like, <laughs> you know and there's this kind of pretty boy funk thing. and he was a huge fan of Will Sargent and we were talking about like with the Bunnymen uh-huh. and I liked that kind of yeah. 80s style you know yeah. um you know, in high school, I just couldn't find the right musicians to play that. I would have done that kind of stuff, you know. That like kind of, Echo of the Bunnymen? Yeah, sort of like that folk new wave kind yeah. of thing. I, I, I thought that that stuff was pretty good, a lot of that stuff. There was some interesting bands and stuff at the time. Around the time Yola Tango was coming around and stuff. Um, well, they started, did they start in the Yola Tango early was, 80s? Uh, yeah, pretty early. Uh, yeah, I don't know when exactly. Not late 70s, though, was No, it? no, they were in the 80s, uh. Because he was a he was a writer before he started that he was a he was like a rock critic, pirate. Oh yeah 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 uh, yeah. yeah I yeah I get in trouble with people because I I, I loved Yola Tango when I was in high school and I yeah. stopped liking them when their pop like their pop quote unquote popular phase started which was that yeah when painful painful was the end for me with Yola right. Tango what I yeah. liked was. Uh, that was a Ride the Tiger and New Wave Hot Dogs and President Yola Tango. Yeah, I like that early And even stuff. Fake Book. Yeah. The, the, the acoustic, like, covers album. Yeah. And then I really, like, they came back here and they did their, their like, secret, you know, like, garage band called yeah. Condo Fucks, oh. which set, to me sounds like old Yola Tango. It's Yola yeah. Tango when they were trying to be the kinks or something. Like, that's the yeah. Yola Tango I like. It's not the Yola Tango everybody else likes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know. But they were like, yeah, I, I loved that band when I was in high school, which was like in the mid-80s. I had <laughs> you a know, couple like, friends who were sort of like into that sort of thing, you know. They're yeah. like, um, the, uh, not the Fuegos, but that, but later, but like, um, I'm trying to think of the band from the 70s that um, kind of got bigger, not pulp, but like... Um, Oh man, from New Jersey, the Feelies. Feelies. Yeah, the Feelies were. I mean, that that's Yola Tango's. Like, yeah, that's where. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Velvet Underground Feelies, like that, all that stuff, the repetition and like the Feelies are great. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're still. You, that's one of those kismet things. You get those people together, you know, and the, like they play that music and it's the same all See, the time. See, that was another thing. That was another. Feelies are a great band. Very yeah. small camp. And yeah. I, getting those guys together in high school was hard to yeah. play music. I mean, we'd get together for 
um, risk tournaments. And, <laughs> uh, those guys were really into axes and ally, but I didn't have time for that. Because, totally you know, doing Dungeons so. & Dragons, you can't do both. Oh, I see. Well, maybe. I don't know. I was not part of any of those yeah. scenes. So. Yeah. So did you and Al meet in, in college? Yeah. In, yeah, in he, DeKalb? Or, or no? Yeah. Oh, so okay. he had gone to um, Columbia College for a while, oh. then he went to Madison because his dad, his um, birthright dad, uh-huh. moved up to um, Madison so he could move up and get residency there automatically oh. and go to school there. So he got the I see. the state um, discount sure. for going there. But then he couldn't afford it once his dad moved away. Mm. His, then his dad moved out of state, moved yeah. somewhere else, and, and he couldn't uh, afford Madison. So he had to settle on NIU. And, and he said, well, he was hopeful because he'd gone to this place called Two Fools. And I think this was like around 80. Or he's beginning of '86 or something. Uh-huh. Night, beginning of 1986, I think. Went this little. What was? Do you know Dan Jetsa? He's an artist. Yeah. Supposed to, yeah, you know Dan. Yeah. yeah. So Dan and uh, Greg Dunn. Him and I have the same birthday, except he's oh. he's a couple years older than me. But like, yeah. Yeah. So you know Dan, and um, I don't know him well, but I I just know from around. You know. Yeah. yeah I haven't. I can't say I know Dan super well either. Yeah. I thought I did, but we never really hung out or. No. I've never hung out with him. I just know him in passing yeah. from like music or like well, like art fair kind of shit, you know, like where he's selling his post, you know, or yeah. Well, he and his past. friend and partner, um, Greg Dunlap, they had a little fanzine called This Magazine, which was kind huh. of neat. It just had all the, you know, different artists and musicians and DeKalb kind of coming yeah. together and, um, and doing their thing. And and so I felt there was kind of a, a, a little circle forming, yeah. you know, with sure. all the, you know, th- little things that were going on here and there in DeKalb. Yeah. And they went to this, there's a cookie store in called Crumbs Cookies in <laughs> DeKalb. And in the basement, so... Man, Robert Crumb had a cookie store? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Fritz, the, yeah, yeah the, I was trying, yeah. <laughs> All the girls that were, that had really, really big asses. and <laughs> Fritz the Twist cookie, no, yeah. Fritz the, I, I'm trying to think of, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I get no, you off track. Keep, keep on crumbling? No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, um, this cookie, the cookie people... It was just like along Lincoln Highway <coughs> in DeKalb. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's this like, uh, just this little plaza kind of thing. Like, yeah. Like an old-fashioned plaza. It looks like a like a, like an old saloon or something. Like, just sure. like... Well, they'd have a facade. Wooden, like, it's some, yeah. like it looks like it could be a hotel, yeah. a motel, I mean, yeah. or a plaza with yeah. some stores. And so it's a little plaza that had a guitar store called Axe in Hand. Mm-hmm. Which was actually very um, famous, but not well, not a lot of people knew about. Mm. Okay, well, not I, I, I guess I shouldn't say famous in that everybody know knew yeah. about them, but famous in the sense that they had a lot of famous people yeah. coming there. They had um, okay. guitar luthiers, 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 that, um, yeah, that uh, built guitars for Bo Diddley. Oh wow! There. So guys. In the shop there in DeKalb. Oh, crazy. We're building these guitars for Bo Diddley. And then I think it was... Um, it was crazy, like those square guitars? <laughs> yeah. So 
Then um, this guy, um, Gene Liberty, this this guitar maker, luthier, luthier from Memphis, moved mm-hmm. to DeKalb because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a huh, you know, it's like close enough to Chicago. Yeah. And there's Rockford and Wisconsin. And, yeah. You know, you're near the gate to the north, you know, there too. So, like, I think they felt that that was a good location. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know. But it's weird that you had this Luther that was making all these guitars and stuff for like famous country people and stuff like, mm. like weird looking guitars with like, um, they were just know, custom do whatever, whatever they wanted. Yeah, this is the eighties, so it's like neon Texas designs and lights that flash, and he would and, and five you know, necks or something. Limo would come pulling up, and we we'd be getting like some like a bar attached to our headstock for the slide to go on or uh-huh. some, some stupid thing or yeah, can you put yeah. in this little uh, you know um uh can you put in a, a, a some kind of little gadget in the back to make the pickups louder or something uh-huh. you know we, we would just do these stupid yeah. you know things with our guitars and then we'd see him building this like two hundred thousand dollar guitar yeah and we'd be like oh who's that for and he's like i can't tell you because right. I'm 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 yeah. getting it all ready to go right now, mm-hmm. and they're pulling up, and this limo pulls up, and I'm like, well, who's playing in the field house tonight? Yeah. You know, I'm like, going through my, oh, it's got to be someone playing around, yeah. looking up who's playing in the stadium or whatever yeah. in Chicago, uh, what country musicians are in town. Yeah. Uh, but I never figured it out. But like somebody like, um, I was gonna say, Ke- uh, not Dwight Yoakam. Someone big at that time, yeah. though. Clint Black? or I don't yeah. know. Um, I, I think I figured it out at the time. I just can't yeah. remember. Anyway. That's okay. It doesn't matter. You, <laughs> I don't, people can just fill in whatever the, the biggest, you know, yeah. country active. But Eric Clapton and Keith Richards and all these other people um, at the time would get guitars made from yeah. um, either this guy yeah. or this other luthier at Axe and Hand. They get the, go to Axe and Hand all the time. Yeah. So there was this guitar store, and then down below there was this cookie store. Yeah. Or it was like a ski shop. You know, people loved it. Yeah. College kids like to ski. You know, you know, ski <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think there were some skateboards in there too. But anyway, there was a cookie place. And then below the cookie place, yeah. there was the remnants mm-hmm. of this smaller building that was there. Um, I mean, well, there was a smaller building and they kind of built onto it Mm -hmm. since like the twenties. So this like, this like little plaza facade or whatever had been built on, I don't know, like later on in the fifties or sixties or seventies or later. Um, cause it didn't look that old, but just, it just had a very simple country look to it. And then this building in the back, you wouldn't even know it was there. Mm. But it was a jazz club in the 20s. Oh. And it was called Two Fools. Ah. And Dan Jetsa and this other guy, Greg Dunlap, that were uh-huh. friends that were kind of yeah. had this, they would put on shows and I don't know if they had a band of their own, but they, they did a fanzine, like I said, and they, they kind of created this there? rock community, this indie rock community. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and they went to the cookie people and said, can we... To use that space where you're just yeah. like storing your cookies, it yeah. looks like the original club, which kind of had this kind of vaulted, kind of weird vaulted section that you could tell mm. was a stage area. Yeah. And then the rest of it, you know, it's just this old brick, you know, 
Mm -hmm. The rest, the in, in the section was the whole place was maybe about four times bigger than this space. Oh, so know? it was real small. It was real small. Yeah. And so they were like, sure, we can move all our cookies over here. Yeah. And there was still a doorway um, in the corner, and then outside the doorway there were these steps that were in a circle, radiating, um, you know, upward. Uh, yeah, these concentric steps, you know. Yeah. And then at the top, you could still see these old stone uh, things that were like parts of tables. Mm. It was an old jazz cafe where they could yeah. sit out there, outside as well. Yeah. That was part of it, where people could sit out there, smoke, and and talk about Rimbaud, and you know, and uh, sure. yeah. That's where that's where Al was hanging out. So we were <laughs> hanging out there, and mostly it was just like probably terrible punk rock bands, but now sure. they need to get really good. There's a band called Bloodsport that played right. there. <laughs> there was sort of like a super group for the indie uh -huh. rock bands here in Chicago. And there was like Articles of Faith and oh, it was The Watchmen, I think was, well, I don't know. I forget who the other guys were from, uh -huh. Right to the Accused, um, I don't know. But um, but it was this sort of like little super group, three yeah. guys. And uh, it, they were really good. Um, yeah. And then there was like, I Spy, this band that was very popular at the time. I don't know if they were from Rockford or from Chicago or whatever. And, and then uh, Naked Reagan might play shows there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, if you knew Rob Wormowski or, or, you know, Chuck Cheetah from Clubfoot or... I didn't know them. Per I like, I, I didn't, I'd go there once in a while, but I, I was always such, I had Rainbow, like, I'd just go to Rainbow, you know? Yeah. Like, so I did, didn't go to any of those other places too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so Chuck Cheetah yeah. was the guitar player, I think, for this band, um... Um, the, um, the Defoliants. Mm. They were a punk, uh, surf kind of surf mm, punk band. Yeah. But really, I, I thought they were really fun. Just a really fun yeah. surf punk band. They did. They were short lived. You know, late eighties. Yeah. And um, I didn't get here till ninety. That's oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I went. I went to the Art Institute the exact yeah. same time as Azita, but we, oh, didn't, okay. we didn't know each other though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Different, yeah. very different scenes. <laughs> well, there's that that you know before 1990, it was kind of hard to really. I it just seemed kind of desolate, you know. Yeah. Um, really, the most of the Chicago, like uh, any kind of scenes or anything uh -huh. that was like um, uh, any any kind of solid. Uh, things that were just going on consistently. Yeah. Um, were happening from 1990 on. It really wasn't like before yeah. that. You had Club yeah. Dreamers, and you had like right. again a more ephemeral kind of like really cool stuff happening every once in a while, yeah. and then a few bands that were mainstays, and you had the Wax Track scene, mm -hmm. um, which was actually very big. You know, um, yeah, you had a lot of big dance clubs, right. and um, you know with. Um, What's his name from New York? Who uh, had the limelight there? Um, bought out. I think he's bought out Exodus or whatever here originally back in the eighties, yeah. and then turned it into the limelight Chicago. Right. Which and was that building was the? Again. It was the Chicago Bauhaus. That's what yeah. was in that building. Like way back, like when those people were fleeing World War Two, like Laszlo Maholi Nash. That that's what that was. Yeah, it was the that's where that school society. was. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, it, there was the circle site, and then they um, 
had to use it to house all the bodies from like the the ships that overturned in the harbor. Yeah, the the east was the Eastland disaster. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. All those the, the the theaters that would burn down. Was it the Iroquois theater? There's so many fucking yeah. They had no fire. They had no rules <laughs> like at all. They're just so fucking disasters. These places yeah. with no egg, no emergency exits. And yeah, all made of fucking wood. You know. <laughs> yeah, and you got Holmes. What's the name? H.H. Holmes yeah. running around murdering people. Sure. Yeah, there's lots of good tragic past of Chicago. Yeah. Disasters. Yeah, we're yeah we're we're good at math 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 And well, when I was in school, we had that the the fucking flood. That do you remember that? Yeah, we were here for that, right? Well, I, like downtown, like I we, missed we work because miss, of that. I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, we missed yeah. a week. Of, I missed a week of school because oh, yeah, yeah. the fuck yeah. the loop was flooded. Yeah, like it was a big disaster. Yeah. yeah, it's another fucking stupid. That whole because thing they didn't the listen to the engineers. Right, they didn't listen to Kanye West and <laughs> plug that hole. You know, like when they could. I, you know, it's so funny. I, I don't know I, if he was even I, alive then, but like whatever. I, I, I was just telling my partner right this morning. I'm like, okay, I have been making, taking note of everything, and 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 you can say, well, yeah, but. <laughs> this is like a therapist will tell you, you know, you can take note of all these crazy coincidences that happen sure. in your life, but think how many crazy coincidences happen, and and then think about all the things that aren't coincidence in your life, yeah. right? And I'm like, no, no, yes, you can do that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you there are way too many of these crazy coincidences uh-huh. that I that I've had that have just happened <laughs> and fallen right into place, yeah. you know. And I feel like it's the Truman Show. I'm like, you know, yeah. I know there's cameras watching me my whole life. Well, yeah. right now, I, I don't know about the cameras. There's definitely a recorder right on um, right now yeah. recording this conversation. Well, that's good <laughs> yeah. because it needs to hear this because okay. I, I want to know this. This doesn't get erased because that will be the you know because then then I'm we'll know say, the Illuminati erased. Right <laughs> after I was talking to um, these you know friends and stuff about um, the importance of you know because. Oh, I don't want to say any. Oh, I don't want to say bad things about because I, I have nothing bad to say about certain areas of academics. Okay. I, I know there's a need for everything, but okay. like engineering and re-engineering and new urban planning and stuff uh-huh. um, is extremely important. And getting new, uh, new water vaults and water system reclamation districts uh-huh. and stuff for yeah. even not just you know Lansing and stuff, but like everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's it's very important. Environmental disasters are yeah. impen- impending, and they're yeah. not doing much about it. And yeah. then also just the infrastructure. Like, sure. is there no way we could retool the infrastructure? Like, ah, oh, gosh, it would take fifty thousand years. Yeah, yeah. And seven hundred trillion dollars to redo yeah. this or create a hyperloop. You know, and it's like. You know, I, I'm not going to go along with Elon Musk or whatever. Okay, I'm not just, like, sucking Elon Musk's dick or something. It's like, but there are things that we're not looking at, you know, that we're like, yeah, we could probably do certain things, you know, and we're just not going to, you know. Yeah. And um, it's a disaster, you know. And with the pending, uh, I mean, with the patents that are, um, you know, people are, are you know, not like do they not even understand what the energy department has done uh, it was you know even with the biden administration i would think they wouldn't do this but you're under the control of a bigger thing hmm. and there's no way you can battle it and it's 
the oil industry is not going to stop. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. I know that. You know, I'm not completely ignorant about the fact that, like, there's no way to battle something that's way too big. Um, well, I think it's rare in, in not just this society, in most societies, yeah. that people don't preemptively fix something. They'll wait yeah. until it's a fucking massive, until people are piling up. Like we were talking the Eastland disaster. Yeah. Like a lot of those things could have been prevented with a little bit of forethought, but that's not what we humans like to do. And the whole when thing. You make a fast buck. You, you make the you take that. You know, like you make the fast buck. Seriously, Katrina could not be averted. Like yeah. that could not have been averted. I mean, uh, it's amazing, you know. Sure. Um, and also, you know, the whole thing with like New York. If it wasn't for the. Um, you know, um, Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and the branches that like it, well, the, the, you know, what it reached out to and, and created with community, um, there wouldn't have been relief for people in yeah. New York, you know? So like, there's a lot of stuff that's just like, that needs to be done. And, and, and there should be more done, of course, with the government, with corporations and stuff, but like, oh, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But, you know, no, but all you and I can do is, like, come up with it. Look new... back and laugh as it all crumbles into the sea. No, you, no, <laughs> you, you, like, you, you know, you you plug a guitar into a thing and make a sound that, like, yeah. you hadn't heard before. That's, that's, uh, I, I, that's the answer I need for to a certain learn. kind of person. I, I thought it would be good to be little subliminal messages about, like, you know, um, you know, science and, and engineering and stuff. But this is the funny thing about, like... Uh, you know, my, I just don't, I don't really, I wish I had more of a, a, a retention mm. for like science and math and stuff. I mean, it would have been <laughs> yeah. um, a great thing to be doing certain things. I, I read about, uh, I, you know, it's hopeful reading about, about certain, you know, when you see something that's inspiring, like one of my babysitters when I was a kid, uh-huh. she's, she's out there in Thailand learning how to redistribute water and stuff and doing, huh. and doing yeah. um, engineering with like waterways and stuff and getting people drinking water in all these different countries. And I'm like, God, that's amazing. Because I always, I always liked that person so much, yeah. you know, growing up. It was always someone who was real nice. quiet, I didn't really know her, but like, I'm like, oh, I hope she's doing good, you know. And then I read this article and it was by accident because I was reading about water reclamation and stuff uh-huh. and I saw her name in this thing yeah. I said that's my babysitter from when I was a kid so one of those happy moments you know yeah, um, yeah it's, it's not all darkness and no, whatever but I, I know I was just kind of I, a lot of stuff I'm joking about but like you know uh, at the same time and, and this is I, again you know somewhat entertaining but like as soon as I'm talking about the stuff and like yeah, it's good to go to school for that, but you know, you kids need to. If you are complaining about other people not understanding science, uh-huh. shouldn't you get a good grasp on science too? You know, like sure. re- real science, like real practical usage stuff. You know, <laughs> um, I just think you know, I, I, I'm not trying to be like uh, hypocritical or whatever. Yeah. You know, just talking out my butt. Um, you know, uh, so do you write stuff like this about in, in this book that you mentioned earlier that you're gonna write? No, not the, really. The music, uh, the book no. is totally, totally other stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm just say, saying, talking this like you know, as a friendly conversation because it's, it's so weird. It's like 
as soon as I talk about this stuff, the next day, this thing popped up in my recommend because I think it pops up for everybody's recommend. Oh, the coincidence thing. So what? What was it? What? What popped up? You know what it is? It's Lex Fridman interviewing uh, Kanye West. Oh, wait, do you know? No, oh, I well, don't. Lex Fridman, he's very popular, and I think he's no. a good, great interviewer. But I mean, it's one of those things that's like very popular on YouTube. Yeah. So if you're just watching like a news bit, like local news or whatever, then that might pop up. Well, because it's here, kind of, I'll, uh, I'll tell you, in yeah. my life, those things don't no longer pop up because I hardly ever use Google. Yeah, I, I don't. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I've never yeah. really gotten into YouTube. Yeah. And I know, like YouTube is like the the thing that people are really most into that they have a hard time giving up. But like. Well, what's this? Just, the, the the big guy Google just quit because he's just yeah. like it's too much. Even yeah. when there was this sort of like, okay, we're not gonna like uh, completely um, dominate yeah. everything here and from a certain vantage. We'll try to open it up and keep yeah. things like um, um, fair. You know the the fair use. Of yeah, they they, they lopped off the don't up from their don't be evil thing, and they're just be just be evil. So yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like, that's their new motto, I think. So yeah, I mean, even that guy quit. Yeah, it's like you know, um, oh god, I mean, I don't want to sound like Joe Rogan or something. It's like no, don't sound like that's <laughs> that's not a good look for anybody. No, but you know what's funny is you look at the people making fun of him. And they're they're just they're bad. They're just as bad. They don't like yeah. they don't. Uh, I mean, not everybody can be a David Packman fan, you know. Anyway, so like, it's you know, it's hard to, I guess, um, get through it all and yeah. like um, disseminate thing, disseminate things, and really do enough research and find out what is. Really yeah, there's a lot, a lot of noise, uh, like. <laughs> And people just like pile on with certain yep. things and want to like you know pile on to something and go along with. I mean, I could draw a diagram. I was drawing this for people at work, you know, the yin and yang, and you have the two political parties, uh-huh. and that's that's all you have. <laughs> yeah. And you can have people that call themselves yeah. extreme leftists or whatever yeah. over here, or right wing. And these people are non-transparent, and uh-huh. they don't gaslight, and they don't do. And, and yeah. these people, but they but then they have the same arguments for things. Mm. You find out that the same forces that be are under there with both things, sure, and are like are creating this nar- narrative, creating this information. Mm-hmm. They're saying it's information, and this yeah. is what's true, and we've got the real story. It's corroborated and everything. Yeah. And and then you're stuck with that, you know, and it's like, this is what's real, you know? And it's like, no, that's not true if you go outside that. Yeah. Well, then you got this, like, membrane outside that that's, yeah. like, the people that can kind of look at it, at things from a different vantage point yeah. and look out, and they're not stuck in the group think, and they're not stuck yeah. in either or, or, yeah. um, you know, or, like, middling, yeah. you know, moderate, you know, whatever. They're outside a little bit, but they're still stuck within that, and they can't get away from it. You're yeah. still, the gravitational pull is going to pull you in, and you're going to be, like, jammed into it, and there's nothing you can do, you know. Now, I'm not just talking about cancel culture. That could be on both sides, you know. 
But like, yeah. you know, all the problems that you have where you can't get through to people, yeah. you know, whatever group it is, you're not going to be able to. And I guess that's always been that way. There's always been I think so. clubs yeah. and cults and um, on, on every side, pretty much everything is yeah. like, you know, that. No, and there's always been people that know how to play the game and people that refuse yeah. or don't know how to. Yeah. I think there's a... Yeah, to me, it's it's not left or right; it's inside or outside. Yeah, and if, and I mean, we can we can, we can, so that loop, loop, loop it back to like making art under these conditions. Like, how can you make so any there's this, art? You know? Yeah. So there's this giant globule mm -hmm. that's humanity, <laughs> right? And then outside of what we know as like what you're gonna get hit with every yeah. day in yeah. in everyday life. Outside of that is like you're in in no one's land. Yeah, sure. You're in space. Yeah. And and I feel like I'm back to square one. I'm just out in space yeah. somewhere and I just I can't many I of can't us are reach in yeah. and do anything, you know. Um and I don't like arguing with people and having like <laughs> nowhere arguments, you know. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, I could not believe that it was just this, this moment of like, there is no way that I'm not in a Truman Show. Uh -huh. I'm just talking to people. I mean, well, I mean, not because of this one instance. Yeah, instance. but the Kanye West thing. Kanye up, yeah. West bringing yeah. up like I'm into engineering. Mm -hmm. And I just like gave up. I just said I give up. I uh -huh. give up. He's ruined that word. He's <laughs> ruined it. You know. And uh, I don't think Mark. I don't let Kanye win. If he, if Kanye wins, we all lose. <laughs> well, and then there's the anti Kanyes who are no better. Yeah. Who are or like, whatever. Or you know, who anybody were, that engages Kanye as a serious thing is. There's like, people I've had lost. hope for, yeah. and like I said, they brought up the critical thinking thing. And the really funny thing is that it was like kind of the same thing. One day I was um, just talking, you know, about like the idea of critical thought as an important thing that's like, you know, shouldn't just be bandied about, you know. Yeah. And then the next day on social media, I see someone just really against Trump and going, uh -huh. these people have no critical thought yeah, process. Yeah. And I'm like... Well, no, they but they obviously don't. Yeah, you are worse because you're making people think you have critical thought yeah. process. But they were talking about all these other things going on that had nothing to do with that, yeah. and talking about like drug use and how this is good for you, and talking about this new age crap. Uh, and I'm like, you know, okay. And and then there's all these friends agreeing with it one after yeah. another and going along with oh, this yeah. like weird kind of sure. like. Uh, you know, and like, uh, you know, a lot of these people are like under the impression that drug addiction is okay and stuff. And it's like, uh -huh. well, you know, I don't know if you've ever been involved with it and involved <laughs> with people it, and it huh. affects your life over and over and over again since, yeah. since I was a kid, you know, mm. it's affected my life, you know, with friends, family, yeah. um, addictions, you know, are not good. It's not a good thing, and it is good to have an understanding and to help and reach out to people and try to intervene and try to do the best you can to help people. Yeah. But to have people kind of go along with certain things 
and to uh, encourage people to do really bad things. Um, mm. I, you know, that's the whole thing. I just don't get it. I want people to do good things yeah. and do constructive things, industrious things yeah. that are, well, not industry. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I understand. That's yeah. all right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to fasten to all these words. You can use them generically or like it in the way they were meant to be used, whatever, so, whoever fabricated these words originally. So now I've got all those pop culture references out of the way. You yeah. Know, all those things. Sure. I, you know, uh, I, I feel like I don't really need to mention them ever again. Cool. Um, you know, <laughs> it's funny because... Um, Glad we solved all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like... Uh, you know, because um, <laughs> so everybody out there, uh, you'll you'll thank us. Like now, Spotify you know, is not going to treat everybody the same way as you, it treats certain people. Yeah, you know, you know how to use your brain now. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jesus good, good Christ. luck with that. It's like, yeah, I, I just and, and I I think I agree with some of my musician friends who have said just like no, it's not a it's not a matter of like I of course uh, support like anything that's good and for like uh, especially communities that need support you know um it's just that when it comes down to like problems everywhere i just kind of hate everybody (laughs) i want to love everyone you know and 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 i have you know definitely a lot of love for my coworkers and like all these people i meet on the street and i think that see a friend who's just finally got like he was looking to get on a just a place of his own yeah you know and and the other day I ran into him with Megan and uh-huh. she hadn't met him before, and I'm like, oh, this is my friend, yeah. you know. He's, yeah. You know, I've seen he looked good. He had mm. clean clothes and he wasn't sleeping in shelters anymore. Cool. And he finally got a uh, is going to be looking at some places to move into. Nice. He hasn't lived had his own place for like ten or twelve, thirteen years, and I'm like that's just one person. Yeah, yeah. But it just it really made my whole day. It made my whole week. I you think know. that's all uh, all any of us can really concentrate on. Yeah. See, you, you you zoom back and the bigger and bigger problem and that you just get engulfed and yeah. you, you you lose yourself as you've said. Yeah, so, so yeah. Uh, like so that was back in the South Loop actually and that yeah. was one of the reasons I stayed there at Trader Joe's for so long is um there's just a lot of people in that neighborhood, a lot of yeah. people I hadn't seen for a while. Yeah. And it gave me a chance, like I'm not doing anything here. Yeah. It's almost like you can do a little outreach and you can yeah. get back to that, even though I got burnt out with that. Yeah. And like at some point you 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 gotta be doing things for yourself. Yeah. And and um uh you know, like doing the social work things that I did in the past and stuff um were the best years of my life, yeah. you know. Um so many great experiences and so many great rewarding uh, genuinely like shockingly uh happy um, ending things that happened too. Yeah. Like I, I ran into some people that I worked with in group homes mm-hmm. and they had their own apartments, they were yeah. getting married, they were like off all the psychotropic meds, they were driving, they had driver's license. Cool. And you don't yeah. always see that. Yeah, you don't yeah. always see an exit with these programs, like yeah. the people actually getting through their exit plans. Yeah. Um, so just like when there's, now and then when I see these friends and stuff, um, I don't need to go to some, like, uh, empty fucking soulless protest, you know, yeah. that's, like, not doing anything for anybody. I think it's better to do things for people every day of your life. Definitely. Yeah. And 
and then do things for yourself. I mean, it you can't always do everything for everybody else. No. You know, and that's getting back to square one. Yeah. So it's sort of like um, uh, before I die, I'd like to finish these projects. Yeah. What are the current? Tell me what the current. <laughs> what are name a couple of the current projects? Well, you told me about the book, but like then there. I don't know. This new book I'm working on. Mm -hmm is about something I can't explain. It's kind of like my other book about something I can't explain, but that's more <laughs> of a story of somebody doing something that goes on a sojourn and then ends up in another sojourn, another one, another one, and I can't really explain any of that. And I'm trying to get it to, so at least it, it follows through to something Yeah. and has a not, not so bleak of an ending yeah. or something. Um, but no, so, um, so uh, oh yeah, let me get this out. Let me get this out. So, sure. So I was working on this idea because I was thinking like, you know, those moments where you just get away from stuff, you know, mm -hmm. your friends, your parents, well, not so much your friends, yeah. um, your, your parents, your, your teachers and, mm -hmm. and, uh, the, uh, more, you know, figures you look up to, uh, mentors, yeah. um, not necessarily just authoritarian or whatever. They tell you, you know. Be careful. Don't always, you know, you know, you, know, you got to watch it. You know, you're, you're gonna get obsessed with these things sure. that are going nowhere. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, yeah, I gotta really focus and find something. Uh huh. That's real, right? So you're on your bike. Okay. And you get out to the country. You get away from everybody. You go mm -hmm. out to this windy, hilly, wooded area, which is just like very inspiring. You know, you're yeah. kind of in nature, and you're just in a different kind of zone where it's just like. There's horses, there's mm. animals in the woods, um, but there's no, you know, you're not around people really. You don't have to see all those people you see every day in everyday yeah. life, you know. And, and um, you can just get into your own thoughts and think of all the what ifs, uh -huh. right? All the what ifs, and uh, and then the sound comes into your head, huh? And you're going, so you're yeah. trying to, you're th you're thinking of music composition, right? Or, but like or you know, consciously you were thinking of like uh, 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 music composition or whatever, but then that kind of all falls by the wayside, right? And you're just out thinking of nothing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the sound comes into your brain and it takes over. And it's not necessarily one progression or, or, or a discernible layer of sounds or mm -hmm. frequencies or, or uh, uh, pa sonic pathways and yeah. stuff. It's something that you can't describe. Huh. And it's overwhelming, and it yeah. takes over, and it's like, yeah. somehow I'm going to put this on paper. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when I get home. Yeah. And then you get home, and you're on a paper, and, uh, and, you, and, you, and you And can't. you've lost it? Yeah. Like it's gone? Uh. Uh, and, and you're not very good at tablature anyway. It's like, yeah. what were the notes? Oh, right, how to write I just, out in musical language. And I don't know how to write microtonal music, let alone regular uh, notes. I wasn't very good. Yeah. I learned how to read and write music when I was a kid, but yeah. I wasn't that quick with it. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't really approximate a B or, like, an yeah. A, you know, like, dun, is that A, dun? No, I don't know. Or is that B? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so, you know... Trying to just write down and then go to the piano and try to remember what this was, or try to figure it out on the guitar. You know, I'm like, you know, it's just better to detune the guitar to something that's uh, interesting. 
Yeah. Right. Now, are these like mostly like solo things, or are these with other people? Like things like what you've just been talking about. Oh, this is like when I was a kid. Oh, this is a when teenager you were going back to yeah. in high school, and I felt like, yeah, fuck all this shit. I'm yeah. Not, I don't have to, you know. I love trying to play in a little band, but the, like I was going to say earlier, the only show we got, the drummer got us a show. He's like, yeah, come out. We got this show. I'm like, oh, it is a birthday party or something you're saying? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's a friend's birthday. Mm -hmm. I get there, and it's the fucking bikers. Oh. It's like the fucking outlaws. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, like, you know, the uh, yeah. the, the, the um, Hells but, Angels of the yeah, Midwest. The, right, the outlaws like, are even yeah. older. They're yeah. an older club. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, you know, these guys were, it was, a, it was an outlaw house. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you, you're not serious. I'm 16 years old at the time, yeah. you know. And you we had, of like, Led Zeppelin covers? We or like, had, what were we doing? We <laughs> had some Led Zeppelin. Well, we, we you know, we, we learned some other classic rock yeah. tunes and stuff sure. like that. But the singer and the bass player, when they pulled up, they immediately took off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they boy. were in their own yeah. car. Uh, they were in a like, car together. And then like I that, was yeah. stuck with my friend in his Grand Torino. And, uh, you know, we had our stuff in the car still. And we went to look in the back just to see what was going on. And, and it was kind of calm at that time. They were all just kind of sitting around. Yeah. And they had a PA system, but it was sort of... Janky so it was like their, it was like their clubhouse or something, or no, it was just where one or a few of them lived. Oh, so, oh, so it's just like a residence. It was in an area that I don't know if it exists. It, it, it it's still there in Crystal Lake. It was called the Manor, hmm. and a lot of my. You ever see the movie Suburbia by Penelope Spears? Long, long time ago, Suburbia. Yeah. Yeah, Flea. He's in that. Oh, okay. Guy yeah. named Flea, great yeah. bassist yeah, from yeah. the wonderful, <laughs> ferocious. Long living red hot chili peppers. Uh, you know, a co worker of mine, uh, she she did, um, she does like, uh, she still does events at uh, Soldier Field. She still works yeah. events and does these like things. I don't know what she does, but like, so she can go to these things for free. And she went to see the red hot chili peppers last year. Oh. And all these yeah. musician friends of ours. Yeah. Went, you probably know, you probably knew some people. They're friends of yours too, I think. Um, I'm trying to remember depending, who. Depending who it would be. <laughs> I don't know, but like a bunch of people, I was still at Trader Joe's and like mm. they came in and they're like, yeah, you're going to go see Red Hot Chili Pepper. And like, really? I thought, I never knew you guys were fans. Yeah, like Kyle, you know Kyle from Losing Wound? No, I don't know. No. He was going like, really? And then like a bunch of other people, maybe mostly younger people, but a few. They're young, yeah, like those like younger peers. empty bottle employees and stuff. Yeah. Is there somebody from Losing Wound? Of, Work, Kyle, does, he's... Does he work at the bottle? Somebody works at the bottle. He's for a little younger than us. Oh, um... I, oh. Thought, I thought somebody did. I don't remember. So they're all... Yeah, that's weird. Um, but it wasn't a lot of them. Actually, it was a lot of my older friends. Who, <laughs> like, who I thought, you know, didn't think much of them. Really? And, uh... And so she, I go, was it a good show? And she's like, yeah, it was, it was really good. I mean, she wasn't, like, a huge fan. She's yeah. like... And she showed me some footage of it, because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, he looks weird, you know, with yeah. the dyed black hair and the mustache, um, Anthony Kiedis. Uh -huh. And all I can think of is Neil Hamburger jokes, and, oh, you know, yeah. and I'm watching, and I'm like, oh my God, this sounds really good. Yeah. This is a really good performance. Uh -huh. Oh my God, I wish I went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm like, is that just because I'm getting old and I don't know anything anymore? Or was it like... It Who was the like fuck knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to me, yeah, I have a heart. Yeah, I, I, I don't like out, outdoor venues. I... I like yeah. I like places still the size of the empty bottle. That's yeah. Like to me, that's where music is played. Yeah. Or like little jazz clubs, like well, like it's little, hard. little dark rooms. It's hard to get a good sound on a show. No, unless you're fucking Pink Floyd and have a billion dollar set. You know, like or the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, yeah. At you. this point, yeah, they are Pink Floyd now. They're like whatever. Kidding. Like yeah. <laughs> no, it, 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 maybe it was just the bit she played too, or it was a little bit quieter yeah. and it sounded good, but. I was really shocked. I'm like, this sounds really good, and yeah. his voice actually isn't too bad. You know, I mean, I, I, I the whole goofy, like, you know, like, um, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna like, I've, I'm not gonna talk shit about bands. <laughs> like, about like, talk shit about music, music be, that people punk. love. Yeah, I can't, people, pe- you know, people love that stuff, but yeah, you know, I'm yeah, when I'm. When I'm being good, I'm happy when people find stuff that they like, whatever yeah. the fuck it is. It's so rare. I find, you like this? It's great. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. I don't like it, but I'm really... I like that you like it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like That's where I'm at with that kind of shit. And yeah. I've gotten into plenty of trouble talking shit about things that people like. And it's not. It doesn't do anybody any good. Really. I just did that today. Yeah, no, no. It, it's really hard not to do it. If you have I, actual opinions, I have, have uh, any kind of investment in any of this stuff, you know, it's hard not to do it. But with, I, I have nothing against uh, yeah, yeah. UFC announcers who who are the only people making money from Spotify. Nothing against them. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. No, but um, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to hate on on people. Yeah. When maybe they're trying to help people come together, or they're, or they, you know, it makes them happy. Some art makes them happy, um, and helps them in their everyday yeah. life. Like you're saying, you know, it's like, who am I to be? You know, I tr- I was just talking to Todd and Pat the other day about um, Ravinia, mm-hmm. and Pat was like, well, you know, the only times I've been to Ravinia, you know, you can go there. And with your friends, yeah, and have a picnic. But just remember, you're not really there watching a show. You're there more. That's going to be there, and you're with your friends. Yeah, I had I had one mis. I I I've gone to one show at Ravinia, and I was mad because yeah, this is this is twenty years ago, and they had banned smoking on the grounds. Like you had to go outside of the fucking gate oh, of Ravinia. No. I was still smoking. Oh, my mom would not have liked that. And it's that whole rich people picnic thing. You but smoke? So? No, no. I, oh. I I quit. I quit many years ago. Oh, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. No, this is in 2003. Oh, okay. literally 20 years ago. You couldn't smoke. I went there. I was very briefly married. I was there oh, with okay. my wife. We were. What was an amazing show? The show was. I was there to see Joao Gilberto. Oh, nice. Like, oh, yeah. like, towards the end of his life. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even really know that music, but, like... And, I love that And stuff, he, And but, she bought yeah. tickets for us in the pavilion, not on the fucking picnic. We didn't know about it. So we got the shitty overpriced food in the cafeteria, which was terrible. And we yeah. had to step around all the people with their fancy rich people picnic food. And it fucking yeah. sucked, and I couldn't smoke, so I was angry about that. Uh, it could be a very angry... And I've never gone back I mean, it, since. It's supposed to be very, like... <laughs> 
oh, it sucked. Like, you know, oh, like it's, you yeah. can hear like the Vivaldi playing or something like, yeah, yeah. in your mind, even yeah, no matter yeah. what you're it's seeing. A, it's a whole other thing. Um, so it seems like it's a, it should be a very pleasurable experience, but then I could see that, you know, like it's just not no what you anticipated. And if you care about a certain kind of music, it's not and you're not going to have a good time there. Yeah, right? that's what Pam said. So I said, you know, it's funny, I've never been to Ravinia. All the, yeah. It's like... What it's like? What is the? It's that phenomenon where like you think you've been somewhere when you sure, haven't. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so I don't think I've been to Ravinia, but there are times when, like, just for a second, I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, I went to see it." Oh no, I didn't go to see it. No, but I'm glad. I'm glad there are um, people that love going and having their their Chardonnay or whatever in their yeah. their charcuterie plate. And, yeah. And and enjoying some the like the soothing sounds of whatever. I'm happy for them. But I don't need. I also don't need to be there because if I'm there, I'm gonna fucking shit on their pit, on their good time. Yeah. I'm gonna be the one that rains on their parade. I know I am. So I don't. That one of the few you know bits of wisdom with age is. Yeah. I don't put myself in situations where I'm gonna fuck up another person's time. I try. You know, like. It, oh. <laughs> I, I try not. To. It's still sometimes it's an escape. Like there's no way around it. But uh, wow. yeah, I won't go to a place like Ravinia because. I'm going to make the people with me miserable. Like, because really? by noticing shit that yeah. is shitty. Plus, well, also, yeah. happily, there's nothing at Ravinia that I'm going to want to see anyways. That's, like, yeah. almost, almost nothing. So, well, so that works a, out real well. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. It's really funny <laughs> or anybody that will play at Soldier Field. Or, like, or yeah. anybody that will play at Wrigley Field. Or any field, for that matter. <laughs> like, I'm not going to... I'm yeah. not tempted. You know, like... In, yeah, I don't need to see... So like the whatever reformed version of Naked Ray Gun opening for the Foo Fighters. That's not gonna, that's not my idea of a good time. That happened. I guess Dave Grohl is a I nice man. I remember Bob saying he had to get out to uh, really feel to set things up. Yeah, right. Western, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It good for them, but like I'm not gonna go to that. I'm not gonna go. That's not. It's not. You're not gonna go me. see Billy Joel with uh, Amy. Um, uh, what uh, with a. Uh, um, Who's the yeah? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we were just talking about uh, what's her face dancing on the piano with what's her face, the actress, um, the comedian, the actress. Only if Billy Joel uh, invites Jesus Lizard to open. You know, that's that right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it was in Ridley Field. Um, in, um, Schumer and um, what's her name though? It's Amy Schumer and uh, Juliet. Um, the one from the the Silver Linings playbook. They became best friends. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, and they were dancing. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer yeah, they were like Beth Lawrence. They were dancing. Yeah, she's really good at Joel's piano. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I missed that. See, because of yeah, not being on so. YouTube, I missed I missed the, those clips. <laughs> um, yeah, well, oh, you're boy. missing. So, I'm telling you, that all the stuff they have on there now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm missing out, but like, the good thing is I have friends like you that. That will fill me in and just just tell me the highlights. Well, I'll fill you in. It's making my life so much better. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, um, no, um, yeah. It's like a, a um, uh, well, there's things I do go on to YouTube for. Um, uh, no, I mean, I imagine if you play Easter, music, it's oh God, it's important to be on there. I I get that. There's like, some outsider capable. Oh, I don't want to call them outsider artists necessarily. They, I, I don't think they necessarily fit into if there's yeah. like a, yeah. a, you're gonna make a categorization, yeah. but like outsider outside 
yeah the norm um, there's some really good channels on there i bet yeah i'm, I'm happy I'm, that yeah. they're getting a little more views and sustainability there yeah because um that doesn't happen yeah you know but like uh like there's this one guy and he's got a terrible name but uh -huh. it was a smart idea way back yeah. when he started the channel because it's it's just completely crazy shit yeah it's called the vape and he's an eastern european guy yeah that creates instruments and uh -huh. does things and he gets groups together and he does weird like like um folk stuff but he also knows how to play instruments. yeah but it, but he also just like tunes things in weird yeah. ways and does things and then and then he'll take anything yeah. and make music with it yeah and it's all sudden and it's, yeah. it's extremely ephemeral he just does things yeah. one after another he makes that makes sense that you yeah that that would be something that's worth I don't know who this guy is yeah. so it's one of those magical things that happen with YouTube whereas most of the things are not yeah. and they're very frustrating and you're just gonna see the same shit over and over and over sure. again. And you're going to get the same kind of bullshit in your face yeah. that's trying to convince you of something that's that may or may not be true. But like in my experience, if you are told something and you can't yeah. do it, if you don't really have, like you were saying, it is weird how in the information age, it's like people are less informed in a in a in a in a proper way. Well, I think I think there's well, no well, the problem is there's no. Um, context or yeah. there's nobody there in the in the better parts they they find people that will explain like what became from what yeah. that's what's it yeah, but for a young person say that's where like some of yeah. like the new bands or new art is so weird yeah. is because to them all of history comes from the one place which is the internet yeah. so like the renaissance you can make renaissance painting and like game boy graphics yeah and they're the same fucking thing yeah. Uh, to them, so they mash them together in these bizarre uh, combinations that make no sense to somebody that's old. Yeah. Uh, and it take it, it's only if they're at it for years and years that uh, they'll go backwards and re and realize un unwind that pull on these threads and find out where they got it from. You know, like I mean, it's case. sort of amazing that they can do, that have access to that. Yeah. If, if you have no context at all, what you get is gibberish. You get word salad and gibberish. You yeah, know, like, so, like, you know, yeah. Nick Cave and all these people were getting yeah. so mad about, like, AI uh, music oh. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They were getting so angry about it. I'm like, dude, why are you so angry about this now? Well, this is... This has been going on with you know, the internet. Like, you're talking about... My favorite thing about that kind of shit is, like, about whining know. about uh, how it used to be, is that when the Gutenberg, well, Gutenberg invented the, the printing press... Yeah. Uh, there was these the people that owned libraries came out and said, "We will never have a printed book in our library," because that's not like what libraries were. Libraries were illuminated manuscripts made yeah. by monks, like by hand. Right. And that was technology, and that's the same thing as you shaking your fist at like a digital camera because well, you had your fucking like, Leica um, and you can't or whatever. Like that's that's yeah, besides besides libraries. Though, weren't there people? Weren't there? archival things like in places and like you went to the pubs and stuff to like that's why they were pubs because yeah. they were public like where you'd meet and you yeah. talk about things and and maybe learn about things no like at the beginning of mechanical reproduction that was that was considered like like what we're horrified by tiktok or whatever so this has been ever so you know like whatever the new fucking thing is is gonna be horrified disgust 
the people that have been doing the thing for millions of years, you know, and and you're you're gonna every every time you're gonna sound just as out of touch as some like old man with his gramophone, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, and, but like here's here's some AI art for you. Well, I don't know about art, but creation yeah. for a story. Yeah. And this is Chewbacca on yeah. the road with Gigi Allen. Ah. Now, one of my friends was like, that didn't look like Gigi Allen. I'm like, yeah. you didn't see Gigi Allen when he still had hair. Yeah. That's what he looked like. And uh, here's another one. I got a few of them. Uh, oh, that's my kitty. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Um, I, I had um, Joan Rivers leading a pack of baboons, but she, they actually made her into like a baboon. Oh, the, the, the chat bot made that? Or the, like John the Rivers. AI bot or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Then I did um, one about Corey Haim and Corey Feldman with, I forget what else it was like, with demons or something. Oh, you made them uh, like a family? Yeah. Um, there's a... But see, like you can play around the BTK with... killer jumping on a trampoline in <laughs> court. See, you can, you can plug in stuff in, and make the, make the robot do fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have some conception of what, like, the source material is. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, robbed of any context at all, like, I don't know how they make sense of anything. That's yeah. hard. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't envy. Here's Mc, Ronald McDonald with apes. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's some good ones. Here's a really scary one. I don't know what happened here. I think they put the fun balls in there, into the, the alien being. <laughs> Yikes! And I don't know what this thing is down here, <laughs> but this is the this is what you you know this is the good thing you can yeah. come up with AI. Yeah. You know? Well, that's Ronald McDonald uh, with Martians. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of them looks like an Oompa Loompa, and uh, kind of reminiscent of Santa. Wasn't it Santa Claus versus the Martians? Yeah. Santa Claus versus the Martians. Yeah. Here's a White House correspondent dinner with Gigi Allen. <laughs> Actually, that's Alex Cunningham's idea, but we, uh, but I, I tried it with my thing. So I was trying to do Ghost World with Steve Buscemi, something based on because I love that movie Ghost World. That's a good one. It's so good, and I'm surprised how many people. You know what I bring up it. a lot? I bring up as a thing so often is the yeah. the the sequence the blues hammer. You know when they go to the so good. That whole thing about like what people think blues is. And Megan like, and I bring a blues hammer all blues the time. Blues hammer is not, it's like a yeah. perfect thing of yeah. people's misunderstanding of like where, like the and yeah. that sports bar and that's like the that's the entertainment industry in a microcosm yeah. that like and and the, the sad dorks that are there to see the blues legend guy and who everybody doesn't believe the young people I mean, don't think is actual blues <laughs> that was the nice thing about being down there in the south loop too i knew that like yeah i, I say blues I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it's like um, people of a certain age that makes sense the nice know? thing about being down in the south loop too is uh -huh. i'd run into people who are well closer to my age too, yeah but like also people from long ago that i remember from a certain time period mm-hmm and they remember these things and know these, th and, and worked at places and are musicians from um, different areas, right? And and um, like, you know, I'd run into blues musicians, guys who were into the house thing that worked yeah. with Frankie Knuckles. One guy had like a a, a, a Scrubbin Beats record store, you know, 
And because um, back in the '80s, you know, there were some galleries there where we do art shows and music shows and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. There was a weird. One of the weirdest things I ever saw was the Chicago Police Museum. Mm. One of my friends who was a library science guy right. brought me over there. He goes, he was taking a group of kids, I think, yeah. one day there from the Columbia. Or what He worked at a library. So yeah. he brought these kids to the police museum. They wanted to, and he, he wouldn't have gone there otherwise, yeah. um, even though he does like just to go see everything. Yeah. And, and it was the weirdest thing you've ever seen. Um, I mean, uh, I, I can't imagine Chicago cops, you know, going in there and being like, ah, yeah, this is cool. I would think they would go in there and go, this is weird. Okay. Bye. You know, <laughs> cause it was the weirdest museum. I can't even describe it. The mannequins and the things yeah. they had, they had a, they that doesn't had, exist um, anymore. Does it? The Chicago, does it exist anymore? The Chicago no, police museum? No, it no, it wasn't really, um. I mean, it was such a scrappy, yeah. you know, some, some some community people probably just threw it together. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm imagining these little church ladies just like throwing it together and yeah. then having some weird street art people come in and, yeah. and setting up um, displays. Yeah. Which that's why it was cool, yeah. you know, because it was very outsider art. Yeah, sure. And But no one would know that. I wouldn't have known it if my friend didn't tell me about it. Mm-hmm. I think I did read something in the paper. Somebody's mentioning just the very weird Chicago police museum, but like, I didn't know what that meant until I went there. <laughs> anyway, that area just has a lot of memories for me. And then of course there was the truck stop studios and all that down there. Oh, okay. The shape shop yeah. um, came in and always people down there living at that building on Michigan in 20 right. or near 20. Um, and um, so being down there, uh, I'd run into people. Um, one guy is Greg Parker, who has done a lot of, um, helping with soundtracks for like, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And so he knew oh, like those guys pretty good. He knew like Wes Craven lived yeah. with Robert England a little while. And, and it's funny. No one really knows Greg. Yeah. Um, he played with Lonnie Brooks a lot, oh, okay. so I remember seeing him playing, but also working the door at Checkerboard or at some of these mm -hmm. clubs that existed back in the 80s. Sure. Um, and so I'd see some of the old guys, you know, coming in there, and yeah. I would not see anybody otherwise if I hadn't worked at Trader Joe's South Loop, you know. There you go. And so I'm kind of sad leaving there. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, you know, where I've gone isn't, isn't like better or anything, yeah. and, and like I have no one to talk to, I feel, at times. Yeah. I really do. I feel like, oh my God. I mean, I have, re there's really cool, very smart people. There's mm -hmm. uh, Nobel Peace Prize winning, you know, professors there. The old Gleacher. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and well, I haven't talked to Douglas Diamond or, you know, or, you know, like uh, big, big wigs, but like I get to meet people that are actually pretty interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they're not just like a corporate monger people yeah. they're like actually people who are concerned about things you know so it is it is a nice place it's just you know the only reason i accepted that post yeah in south loop was to run into y'all yeah <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't see the terry dog guys like yeah the, do, do you know mark ricker mark he's mm, he's played sure. with bobby Kahn and you know and jeff that 
I, I probably even better. Yeah, he, but... he works at Terry Dowd hmm. Gallery. Um, I thought Azita worked there, but maybe she worked at uh, Spurtis and... Mm. Yeah. The usual suspects, you know, yeah, yeah. all the places where people of work over the years. But a lot of people have stayed at Terry Dowd. I don't know if you know Terry Dowd. I, I, I've heard of it and yeah, when I was when I was still bartending at Skylark, a lot of people that worked there would hang out at Skylark. Oh, when did you bartend at Skylark? Uh I quit a year and a half ago. Oh wait, so it was you... recently recent. Oh, yeah. so you know Ken. Yeah. Ken Siska. Yeah, we worked together. Yeah. Do you know, know him? You... Do you I... know Richard? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. They sound the same on the phone. Their voice, yes. the, the phone voice is exactly they, the same. They do. And they yeah, I remember the, or? I remember the, the nervous center. Uh, yeah. I'm sure, sure you, you would have. Um, those were such fun days. I figured you knew. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, I worked most, with Ken. Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, later on in life, obviously, but yeah. Um, yep. I just, yeah, I run into them every once in a while, but I, I haven't worked with uh, Richard in a little while. We, we were talk, we keep talking about getting back to work on stuff. Um, but I just got some new gear and stuff and I'm trying to, I need to, I need to well, get shit, some software you know. and, uh, I'm just glad you're still at it. Like that, that's, yeah, that's the, that's, well, the, that's the encouraging thing to me is that like people that have done really cool stuff, a lot of different cool stuff. Well, you're just talking about Chris Broca and yeah, like I'm making like, something today. Actually, I, you know, I'm going to uh, record something here. Yeah. It's a ambient track. You mentioned it by text. There was some kind of thing with Brokaw related somehow. Yeah, I, I forgot I told you. Yeah, so... Um, well, so what is that? I'm going to finish that today, I think, here. Cool. It's just like a back... Tr uh, so he um, played drums on a friend's record. Mm. Um, this band, Edivan, who was yeah. the first secretly Canadian release, actually... That way back in the 90s. I don't know that band, but I, I taught, he's mentioned it to me before in conversation, that band out of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I uh, they came here to record electrical mm. audio uh, yeah. like a year and a half ago or something. Mm. And, um, and so uh, I, I went there and hung out with them a little yeah. bit. And that's when I found out from Chris that he was also doing things with Mark Morgan. Mm-hmm. And like God, you know, because the last time I talked to Mark Morgan, he was this was years ago, probably 2018 or something. He was yeah. moving out of New York City, um, and it was kind of like me, just very getting kind of dispassionate about music yeah. stuff, you know, just being like, every once in a while you do it, you're just like, fuck it. I'm yeah, not. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's fucking really hard to keep going. Blocks, it's just really hard walls. to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. For many different reasons. <laughs> and that always happened, but yeah. I always come back to stuff. And then the the writing thing, you know, um, I'm, I'm very slow. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll write, like, feverishly for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go back and look at it and just be like, so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. God, why? And then so then I try, I try to carefully piece things together. I'm just so slow. Yeah, you got to you got to kill that like inner Nazi editor, whoever's I, yeah. ruining, ruining shit for you. I've I've got one of those. <laughs> well, I, I like throwing shit away. I've, I've I'll get on a jag of just just chucking every like. I really like destroying shit sometimes, and I have to stop. You know, <laughs> that, that happens. Yeah, how can you help it? It's yeah. like, but then it's you very satisfying, but it's also. <laughs> but then you, you're out of a, you're like you're, 
yes, you've destroyed a thing that you worked on. And then, <laughs> and then, like later on, you're just like, wait, wait, there was something I liked. It. Yeah. Oh God, dang it. Yeah. Dang well, it. then you have to recreate it, and that's that's part yeah. of it. To me, at this point, I think it's all like just part of the. That's a lot part of the process, you know, uh, than getting something stolen yes. that you worked on. That's not. Uh, that's think, not cool. Um, yeah, I I had that situation in the early aughts, yeah. uh, kind of well, like two thousand four yeah. mid aughts, um, where I had had this stack of notebooks and uh-huh. just created this. I probably told you the story. No, I don't know this. Oh, what yeah. So I had illustrations. Uh-huh. Not all were complete. Yeah, they weren't all like finished. Um, was it going to be like a graphic novel or a, like a? What, what, yeah, it or, was. Uh, it was. The fancy name for a comic book. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I was gonna do a thing, and I don't know if I was gonna really have animations and yeah. stuff going along with it. Mm. Um, but I was thinking about maybe having a website. Yeah. Where you'd have one part of it. Um, I can't really. I wouldn't really call it an ARG thing. Just a multimedia thing. Uh-huh. Um, so it had. Yeah, it had multimedia. Uh-huh. So it had like. Uh, I had uh, illustrations and. And um, a weird, uh, I had created kind of a story. Yeah. But I, I, I expanded on uh, vocabulary. You know, I made my <laughs> my solecisional kind of like uh, a, a bunch of wordplay. You know, and and so. Um, it was personal solecism, you know, and, and, and kind of way of creating uh, a word art, I guess. Mm. I worked on it for a long time because it was like, you know, coming back to it, again, this is dumb. I'm yeah, just yeah. throwing it out. I'm trashing it. And it was stolen? It. So what happened was in 2000, I came back to this ideas, these uh-huh. ideas, yeah. this group of ideas, um, and kind of cobbled things back together with different ideas as making one thing and and i was thinking about doing like kind of um uh a, um sort of futuristic um kind kind of a superhero sort of illustration it's like you know when i was a child i was really into that's one thing that got me into art was uh superhero dc comics yeah. oh, okay. and some yeah. of the marvel stuff and that's a gateway to so for so many people that. I didn't have that at all, but like a different different upbringing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, my dad was into cartooning. Mm. Like he yeah. was really good at it. Yeah. But um, and and you know, every once in a while, he liked going to or he liked seeing like work of art, kind of yeah. animation stuff, and even like old Disney stuff yeah. and uh, old European stuff. You know. He loves that kind of stuff. He yeah. is into art in that way. Um, some abstract art he was he could handle, but a lot of it yeah. he just like thought was like he's like I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you like free jazz, yeah. you know? He yeah, was yeah. he was a trumpet player. He liked yeah. Robert, I mean um, John uh, John Coltrane and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and Sand Guts and those guys. So what happened to all this, um, this stuff in the early 2000s? But I, I, I just really wasn't doing that much yeah. of the, that kind of illustration since I was a kid. Yeah. So in the 80s and 90s, I kept coming back to it. Yeah. And then with Skin Graph Comics, mm-hmm. the Kooji and the Boy, uh, the, 
the wolf and his boy, or dog, his boy. It's based on. Uh, do you know Don Johnson's early career? No. Wait. Or John Johnson uh, from Miami Vice. Yeah. What? Uh, not not so well. He his early career was great. Yeah. He did really weird movies like art yeah, I know, films. I know he did weird movies. Elijah. What was the one? Um, the one with the with. Um, Joe and the Country Fish and all the weird psych bands. And then he did this movie a little later than that in the early 70s called A Boy and His Dog. And it's this yeah. post-apocalyptic world. Right, right. And I probably dog, saw that, but I don't remember it now. <laughs> the dog is the one that um, that is kind of leading everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't know this until they psychically are able to to um, talk to dogs. So the dogs are just eliminated, right? And he's uh-huh. just like one of the dogs that are left. Okay. And they have to go underground, you know, because oh. um, all the, uh, there's like these rogue people like him yeah. and his dog, and they're just kind of like rogue, you know, yeah. and, and or, or alone, just completely yeah. alone. And then there's like the wealthy people up above who are like, right. who are like hunting people and like trapping them and stuff. Mm. And so they're just kind of like on the fringes, keeping alive and like yeah. trying to battle those people as they can and it's it's just really creepy jason robards is in it Mm. it's a super creepy like one of those dystopian nightmare 70s kind of things right there's a lot of those (laughs) it was really good like silent running and all Mm. those really great movies of the 70s and the soundtracks sure yeah again we're talking about so all all loops back in together so you made it small Yeah. yeah like i always try to Based my tuning on Michael Small. Michael Small always uses a dropped uh, fifth kind of thing in his uh, music. Uh. Like whether it's Stepford Wives or Parallax View. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So you you made a a comic based on that? No, I just like, 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 you know, was like throwing things kind of together and trying to make like a weird compositional thing where it was like actually written out. It was like Mm -hmm. this whole music compositional thing. That I wrote out, and, and um, I was going to re-edit everything, revise a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff, but it was, as a work in progress, it was many years. Yeah. So it was many years yeah. of work yeah. in progress at that point. It's I started in 99, 2000. I was going to Northwestern yeah. Library. I had all these um, models that I was using um, with uh, other composers and mm. other things there's the um other libraries i was going to you know looking at old um plates and things like that and just kind of taking things cobbling things together and making a story yeah and it was just kind of like a thing if you figure it out you figure it out if you don't it doesn't matter sure yeah it's just a fun kind of visual oral experience and um Someone at one of my workplaces that had a grudge or something, mm. maybe they thought I said something about it at work or something. Mm. I don't know. But they took everything, stole it, and threw it out. Wow. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And and I um could never um I could never confront the person about yeah. it. They kept like just leering at me and walking away. Wowzers. They, I had all my yeah. stuff in the office. Uh huh. We were moving the office to another place. We were going to yeah. a different building. Yeah. And the movers didn't touch my stuff. It yeah. was back in my corner where I had all my stuff. And the other worker had the stuff over in the, yeah. another place. 
And that worker, I don't know why they hated me, what yeah. the problem was. There was no reason. We always seemed to get along. I always was good. I bent over backwards for this person. Yeah. They took my shit and threw it away. And I could not find it. I went through every dumpster yeah. around there. I went everywhere. Yeah. Um, it was absolute, like, nasty, like, 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 just horrible. Like, this person, you know... I. It's like one of those things where, like, with some ex-landlords I've had, where I just, like, I, like, I, I sat there and I said, please, God, put this person into internal hell and let them burn forever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of made me feel better, like, thinking that maybe this person will burn in hell forever. Will God listen to me? No, I don't know. Um, not that there has to be a God, but, you know. Sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I, at the time, my, somebody I was dating was uh, saying, oh, well, you, all that stuff is up here. You, yeah, yeah. You didn't lose that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, but no, this was yeah. not stuff I can immediately recall or just, sure, like, yeah. call up and, in. it was stuff I'd reformed and reframed and everything over a period of years. And there were so many pieces to it that yeah. I'd forgotten about. And when I came back to it, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. I think yeah, I'm yeah, ready to go yeah. ahead with all of this. Right. Again, I got to be in the Truman Show. Somebody was watching. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of confided in someone about this coworker yeah. doing this. And I never saw that coworker ever again. Yeah. They left. They went somewhere else. They were just, they didn't like the the other people too at the job. Mm. Um, the person was very vindictive and came in and did a lot of shit to a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, this person was sociopathic, yeah. obviously, but, and it was funny cause we were working with mentally ill people and you have this person working with people and they don't uh -huh. care about people. Mm. So it became a very, um, horrendous thing. Um, for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even though afterwards I was like, you know what the worst thing is about it? I I am um, that person went on to work with other nonprofits with uh -huh. people. And yeah. that's a scary thing. Yeah. Because I don't know what the person was doing doing that when they don't when they weren't doing anything in the best interest of people in the group homes or anything like that. And I never knew that. I thought I was getting along with this person and people warned me to go, yeah. Look, Mark, we've been working for you years, we're yeah. good friends. Yeah. This person, you've got to watch out, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, yeah. and that's what you get. That's what you get for not listening and not watching out, and you know, not being vigilant in a way where you just you accept things and you go along with things. And I, you know, I've I've learned that I've had to watch my back. Mm. Uh, working with people, yeah. You know, working on projects and having people uh, that you thought had changed in life if they weren't the greatest people before. Yeah. And then maybe, oh, they deserve a second chance. You know, uh, like, oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> and it's like, no, you really got to watch it. Some, sometimes people are just like, they they don't always have the best interests of other people. And um, that was one instance where um, I don't mind talking about this yeah. person, you know, because all, everybody I know, every single person know, yeah. had dealt with things before and I didn't listen. Yeah. And it's too bad, you know, and it was, it was, it was just something I, 
not only kicking myself for, yeah. but it got me so down. Mm-hmm. And I, I would, uh, um, ask, you know, some people for like, you know, solace, you know, like yeah. talk to some friends, like, should I be that down about this? Yeah. I mean, um, they're like, well, I think it's dumb. You didn't have stuff stored on your computer. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I did, I, I did, yeah. um, copy things yeah. and put them into files and stuff, but my computer broke down. Right. And then, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and there was no cloud. But so, yeah, so yeah, yeah that, it's a big setback, but like somehow you pick back up again at, after a time, right? I mean, like. I never got back to that. Well, project. not to that, but I and, mean, in fact, uh, these are the kinds of things that will, for certain people, like that'll just knock them off course and they're gone, you know? Like. Yeah. They have like a tragic, like a terrible thing happen and that's I never it. got over it, you know, yeah. like about. But you've continued. Five years ago, I thought like, okay, yeah. it's been ten years. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got over yeah. it, and I haven't. You know, it's like, it's like one of those things. Um, and I could hate that person yeah. for the rest of my life, you know. Um, but like, I don't know. It's you know, when somebody's that sociopathic yeah. and and crazy, you know, um, I don't know. There's, it's different. It's like, yeah, I do hate that person. Yeah. I might strangle them if I see them, yeah. but like. I think I can control myself. Yeah, I think. Well, plus you got you got other shit to do, and you know. I, I, yeah, when, it's when like they occupy time in your mind or your you heart. They're, tell they're winning, you know. You they want win. yeah, you want to yeah. tell yourself, um, <laughs> you know, you're gonna redo all that stuff anyway. You were just throwing yeah. it out anyway. Yeah. But the truth is, I threw all this stuff out before, and then yeah. this was gonna be the completed project. <laughs> so that's the that's the ironic thing, like truly ironic in this in the sense of the word, you know, in the real definition of irony. Yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty sure whatever, whatever the setbacks, you're just never going to stop. That's that's my... Oh, yeah. That, that That's my uh, yeah. instinct on it. That's why we're having this long, very yeah. meandering conversation, because that's <laughs> what I wanted to know, is yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and it's... Know, I'm it, glad we got to do that. <laughs> I'm just hoping, too, that, like, you know, um, you know, Things can get back to a, a place of art for art's sake, um, you know, to at least to a degree where, you know, and I'm always having hope. I always meet new people. Yeah. And there's always new uh, horizons, yeah. so to speak, here in this town, even. Um, for sure. I get down on Chicago a lot because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I just feel like it's on a downward spiral in so many ways, even though it looks nice in certain areas. And yeah. Um, it's, it's not as, um, it's, you know, it's not as, uh, uh, barren as it was in the eighties. You know, it seemed like you went downtown. It just seemed like everything closes at five and it was depressing. You know, I just don't really know what's going on. Um, you know, I I really don't know like if, if I'm going to stay here or Mm. in, in what Megan you know, because I'm like, well, maybe we can, you know, we really haven't tried here enough, like uh-huh. in this town. We, yeah. I, I feel like we, there, we need to try more. Yeah. And I need to get out of this job I'm in yeah. and get hours where I can actually go out and do things. Right. And get things yeah. done. But, uh, you know, with the ADHD problems and like, you know, being <laughs> able to, like, you know, get um, a real job again, it's, it's, it's hard, you know. I, I don't feel, I don't know if I can do it, you know. 
um, I might just be stuck in this, in these types of things and whatever. And then if, if there's some way of like getting on board with, um, licensing with certain things and like making a little bit of money that helps, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of endeavors. Um, I mean, I'm always, when I see like your name in like on a, so doing something, I'm always interested what it's going to be because I know it's not going to be like the last thing I heard, you know, and that's, 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 that's what it's about. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I'm always, um, bombed because I, I just hard, I don't have a good, I don't have a good track record. I don't, I'm not good with like taking track of, of everybody in this town and everything and all the There's always stuff going on here. And stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know? It's such a huge city. Yeah. Like yesterday I took a bike ride way south to the east, the east side, like, yeah. like below the skyway to almost to Indiana. And this guy that used to live in Bridgeport bought a building and rehabbed it and he opened a gallery in the front and his art studios in the back and it's like a new thing and it totally like recharged my batteries i was all excited this is where in the east side which is you know way south like yeah like past 95th street like but east almost to almost to indiana like where the steel mills were, like down there yeah that's where we used to do a lot of stuff um but there's like this like there's these artists and like the, there's beautiful houses and it's like affordable. Yeah. Like if if I was into buying, like I'm I'm super not into buying property, but like I'm a very very uh, like lifelong renter for various reasons. But like I'm yeah, I like renting. Uh, but if I yeah. if I had any fucking car- carpentry skills or any entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. I'd go down there and buy a fucking building. And there's these beautiful old buildings. Yeah, like make my own world. It's like it's totally still possible here, and yeah. that's that's really encouraging. Where yeah, like on the flip side, you see downtown; it's all fancy and rich and kind of gross, you know. Well, uh, and it's there's this other thing, gone. like on the outer edges of because it's such a gigantic city, you know. Yeah, and that's not. The, I'm sure there's dozens of other places that I don't know about anything about. That's what's encouraging to me. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's possible. There's possibilities, but you have to remain open to them, and not get down about shit that didn't, you know, work out. Yeah, so there's always no, going to be mean, a lot of uh, that. <laughs> I like where we're we're uh, uh, westernmost edge of Logan Square. Yeah, it's almost like Kelvin Park, yeah. but um, but it's uh, I like it. it like, I think of like ten or fifteen years ago, that area was kind of like, uh oh, it's yeah. going to be un- unaffordable. Yeah. Pretty soon, and Logan Square is unaffordable yeah. for us, you know. But that where we are, it's still some affordable apartments, and and um, it's not bad, you know. I mean, we hear gunshots every once in yeah. a while. Right. Uh, it's too bad, you know. I think some of the younger people, things had start ramp, ramping up again. Yeah. Um, you, know, you started seeing cars getting tagged again. <laughs> Our neighbor from Detroit, or house yeah. uh, mate, he's in his front part in the house. He was like, you know what? It's just a street artist. I know the guy. He's tagging the cars. I'm like, no, that guy car- tagged some other stuff. Yeah. You got tagged because of turf. Yeah. You're yeah. not wanted here. Yeah. You know, um, right. I have to remind people about these things, you know, and um, 
because they get they get into they get themselves into dangerous situations. So um, yeah, but you know, um, there's a lot of older working class people. It hasn't gotten totally regentrified. Yeah, uh, I like the feel for the most part. You know, um, you know. Um, I just wish people, you know, younger people had more, uh, and and this is the same when we were kids. In like going back to what I was saying, it doesn't matter if you're in the information age yeah. now and you can get access to like resources and stuff yeah. now. It doesn't seem to matter mm-hmm. because when we were kids and you didn't have the instant yeah. uh, uh, ability with getting to resources, um, you didn't have immediate access to things. Um, you didn't. Um, have not just like the internet but um also places you can go to where you can get access to things you know and people and stuff but like uh nonetheless you find ways you keep going and you go to the library you go to yeah. like a bookstore you go to like the health nuts store um, like, <laughs> I mean, video stores yeah, yeah or or you know used record stores and stuff and and you talk to people and you find like fact sheet five. Yeah. Um, but also with like jobs and stuff, I know it's hard for kids to find exactly what they want. And they just, maybe it's still just as bleak now, if not more yeah. in a certain way. Yeah. For kids, I wonder. Um, you know, you see all um, Jamal Cole and. Uh, I think Robert Hunt's still doing things. You know, you see these guys still going at it and trying to get kids to understand there's a whole world out there. You got to see it. You know? Yeah. Um, but then there's, you know, there needs to be more, I think. I don't know. Uh, I, it seems like there are a lot of good programs and I hear more mm-hmm. being, you know, popping up in, yeah. in North and South and West Side yeah. and everywhere. Um, it's just that I think that people need to... Um, you know, find peace and harmony within themselves too. How do you do that? You know, I don't know. That's a endless quest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, cool. you know, uh, I, yeah, but I, yeah, I think it's like, um, people have to like get outside of like this, this, you know, it's it's like yeah, you have this world of, of being able to connect with people, yeah, yeah. but it's going to be TikTok, gaming, yeah. uh, the pop culture that like well, yeah, it's somebody else's hamster wheel. It's horrifying, and, and you're doing free, you're doing free labor for them. Yeah, you, when when you get into it, yeah, whatever you're doing on there, you're either data or you're 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 the you're providing them more ways to sell other shit and. And that's you know what, I don't begrudge them that like they're, they they made their fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, why the fuck should it be for free? It's not for free. So you're gonna pay one way or the other. Uh, and if you don't know that, then you're stupid. You know, like yeah, <laughs> you're gonna pay either with money or with your time or data points or like it's gonna you know TikTok will like watches like the way your eyes move. Like yeah. there's a fucking camera and they're recording your eye movements. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, and they use that shit to make whatever the next thing, you know, TikTok 3.0 or whatever the next horrible thing is that we're going to be horrified by, but I mean, not the, understand. But 
I mean, that's the thing. That's, it's like we grew up with the TV babysitter and stuff, and yeah. so that was kind of our yeah. the thing that's in your face. But this is really in your face, and it's, well, it's really again, like, faster uh, and faster and faster. But people, yeah, the human animal does not evolve nearly fast enough to to. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But like you know, I go back. I talked to you about the one thing I liked about getting when. I first discovered oh, cyberspace, you know, yeah. you can go to, ooh, there's a different world here, and then becoming uh, uh, a You're uh, out there citizen. making your, you just showed me your fucking Chewbacca art and stuff. <laughs> Chewbacca with, uh, yeah, yeah. with Ronald McDonald with, and uh, with uh, a younger Gigi um, Allen. Gigi Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so with, see, you're into hippie it. looking yeah, Gigi Allen. It's doing something for you. You know, when I was a kid, I was a fan of Gigi Allen. Yeah. I wrote to him when he was like, uh, well, because he had uh, the tapes, you know, that you could send out for mm. set tapes in the early yeah. 80s through Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah. And I thought it was all a joke. I thought, like, all yeah. this stuff talking about, like, you know, I raked my brother and his yeah. dog, and, and his dog. Brokaw you know? played with it. Brokaw has history with him and his brother played Merle. Yeah. In the band? Okay. For like a minute, like at a practice or something. Like yeah. they, they crossed paths at some point. It wasn't <laughs> really, like back in the 80s, it wasn't really something you wanted to do. Yeah. Like it, didn't really, it wasn't really like somebody, like people were trying if to play If you see him, ask him that. about it. Like he's got some kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. He, but I, I, but in the beginning when I was young. Yeah. And I was still a teenager. I thought, <clears throat> so this is the early 80s. And I thought that the, the stuff he was spewing and all this yeah. stuff. Was a joke. It was all yeah. performance art. There were a lot yeah. of people were doing that. A lot sure, of people yeah. were doing funny, hilarious. And he's like, "I'm real punk rock. We're being yeah. pop. Stop! Yeah. I yeah. left where he left off. I yeah. continued, and I'm right. the real thing." And blah blah yeah. blah. And I didn't see him live until well, we were supposed to play a show with him in like the mid '80s. Some yeah. friends were setting up something in Cicero, Illinois, mm. uh, or maybe that was late. Maybe the Cicero thing was later um, because I didn't know. Uh, his actual antics. I mean, yeah. I knew him, but I thought that it yeah. was all fake. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's not fake. So we, yeah. my punk rock band was supposed to play with him and I couldn't make it. I, I had an art show <laughs> to do. And yeah, so I had to go to this art show and, and I missed playing with Gigi Allen. But then I heard about what happened. <clears throat> he didn't even make it through one song. Yeah. He was covered in his own blood and shit, of yeah. course. And then he shit into a jar and smash it over some punk rock kid's head in the front row yeah. of this uh, club. And and the kid was bleeding and dazed. Yeah. And and people got so angry, they jumped on him. He ran out, was running through the streets of Cicero naked, covered sure. in blood and vomit and stuff. And he got away from him. He got away from this angry mod of like yeah. skinheads and skate punks and stuff. And uh, so after I heard that story, I'm like, and then I heard other stories, like yeah. he lighting people on fire yeah. later on and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I don't really care about that world anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. I never really did. I just thought it, it was performance art. And right. then I learned it wasn't. And then I saw him in 1980 because a friend came back from L.A. and was like, what happened to the punk rock scene? Yeah. Where is everybody? It was sure. um, like this joke we always had back in the 80s where... Um, if if uh, the stoner friends we had in high school, if any of them went to jail, uh-huh. and then and then like they come back in the late eighties uh, or early nineties, like when you know there used to be all these arcades, mm. yep, and it used to be everybody with a, like a stoner mullet and sure, high yeah. tops, and 
a, member, a lot of members only jackets. I still have one. Uh, I was wearing it the other day when I went to Grand Todd. And, um, and, uh, um, and, and we're like, yeah, they come out of jail and they're walking through the mall and everything's closed down and the, yeah. and the Orange Juliuses are gone and like all the, everything's, all the record stores are gone and where's the arcade? <laughs> sure, yeah. I got all these tokens. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, this is a little friend came back from LA, and I'm yeah. like, so nothing changed in LA, yeah. man. And you know, like, you know, he's like, no, he's like, yeah, no, every, there's still the scene, you know. And he's like, what's going on here in Chicago? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, people are done with school. They've got jobs. They've got kids still. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, I want to go see Gigi Allen for this New Year's show, yeah. and I'm like, Phew. yeah. And I'm, All right, I'll go with you. So. Yeah. I was still living in DeKalb. We go yeah. come into the old, the first or the first exit mm. when it was on uh, Lincoln. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. I don't. I, I think I never. I never went to it when it was like old, old exit. No. Yeah, it might have closed down by like ninety or ninety one. Yeah, I, I know. I never went there. In, it was in any case. Uh, well, it was right down the street from Second City, and okay. you know all that in the old town, and. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of that place where, you know, you could go and you could see bands and yeah. then you could go down to the Old Town Ale House or whatever yeah. and hang out with the theater people, theater friends. Yeah. Or, you know, so, you know, I, I went there to, I still went there to see music and stuff, yeah. but it was kind of like a, a nice little cute little bar, you know, like yeah. you go in yeah. and the bar was all made up of old broken bicycles and stuff. Uh-huh. And you'd have some kids who look like punk rockers working, but a lot of the people coming in were just yuppies getting yeah. off jobs. Sure. Uh, and uh, you know, it wasn't really that like beyond Thunderdome thing that like <laughs> exit became later yeah, yeah. on. And yeah. what was really funny though is when it closed down. Yeah. Oh, so like um, you never saw those biker guys hanging out yeah. there really. It was all just like, you know, maybe skate punks, but it yeah. was kind of a cute scene. It was kind of yeah. a, a nice scene there. And so Gigi Allen playing there was kind of weird. It had a jungle gym uh-huh. over this like pit floor, yeah. like um, with the mm. concentric steps yeah. pit. And then this like area you could hang out like walkways around the jungle gym mm-hmm. to a stage. Then behind the stage, there was another bar that went over onto the Clark side, so it was like where Lincoln and Clark, Lincoln or um, yeah, right Lincoln on the cor- ends, yeah. Wells, right, and Clark. yeah, Wells mm-hmm. and Clark. yeah, yeah. And so, one side was on Wells and one side was on Clark. So you go on the Wells side to go to the stage thing, but then mm-hmm. the a bar on the other side was kind of an old man bar where it was kind of almost like the green room. Yeah, where the bands would hang out back there. And so he comes in from the other side, and he's. Completely naked except for the jock strip, or he's yeah. you know got his boots, jock strip, yeah. and leather jacket on. Yeah, and um, he had, still had hair too. It was all straggly, yeah. and he had the sunglasses and the big mustache and stuff. And and he's like, "Who's gonna suck my cock for the new year?" You know, and he's got his like bottle of wild turkey, uh-huh. and he's guzzling it. You know, yeah. a whole fifth, and it's and and. and you know, it got kind of scary. I'm like, yeah. he's on top. He climbed to the clambered to the top of the eagle's nest like yeah. rather quickly. Like, yeah, he didn't look that in shape. Yeah, but he could clamber pretty yeah. quick, and it was kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> and there were some other friends who'd been in some uh, punk rock bands when we were younger, and one of them was um, 
Roman from uh, Johnny Vomit with the Southside Band. That like okay. they, I think they still play now and then. That sounds familiar, but yeah, you know, But he and, and he was a lifer kind of yeah. like you know uh, thrashcore kid, but like. And they were friends with Ben Weasel. Ben Weasel was on the list. He wasn't allowed to come in for some mm. reason. I don't know why. Steve Albini was on the list. They're like, yeah. people <laughs> not allowed to come in. It's like, oh, wow. Does the club think that something will only happen mm. if somebody, like, incites mm. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's not going to do something? So, um, yeah, it was it was a very frightening experience. And um, But one of the most entertaining things was, was that um, a yuppie... A group of yuppies came in. They saw like the bill. They're like, yeah. "Oh, it's only five dollars to see yeah. this." Who's Gigi Allen? That's oh, that sounds cute. Okay, yeah. we'll come on in. Yeah. And uh, you know, the door guys, are, you know, cocktail you know. jazz. Yeah, yeah. And so they come in. The and jazz like, stylings of Gigi Allen. This kind and of a combo. Nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the Toilet Rockers, which was Kevin Junior, who ended up being in the Chamber Strings. Okay, yeah, he was yeah, playing I guitar. That guy. And Scott Giampino, who yeah. later was in ca- um, Cash Money. Which, yeah, yeah. Cash yeah. Audio, Cash Money, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with John. And um, so they were the Toilet Rockers. I forget who played bass, but um, but those guys, and they said he was rather nice to play yeah. with. Yeah. They were yeah. not yeah. interested in having a long time, a long-term friendship yeah. with him. But, but he kind of, I guess he just was like... You know, I'm the artist. I'm yeah, doing yeah. this. He's kind of like it's kind of professional. Yeah. you know, in a way, I'm going to try to rape somebody tonight, but it's professional. It's my yeah. performance. Yeah, and so he's up on the thing, and he's and he's already rammed up the the uh, you know he comes back down, and rams the microphone up his ass. You know, right. these yuppies. It was two mm-hmm. guys and two gals that were over in the corner in one corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got the eagle's nest, and then where yeah. we were standing on the other side, yeah. then you have the pit up near the stage, and you had the loyal fans up there yeah. who were, you know, not worried about him pulling out a yeah. gun or right. a grenade or something. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, he's going to do something. Yeah, He's wanted. The police were after him. Um, mm. They it, Yeah, he had a warrant out, and he was in hiding, you know. Mm. And, but... The show was advertised. Huh. I think it wasn't in the paper. Yeah. But there was a flyer up. And, sure. And people, word of mouth, people yeah. knew. And you'd think the cops would have yeah. known, you know, because yeah. it was on, on the front window of the club, at least. And um, anyway, he got through two full sets. But, like, yeah. at the beginning of the show, you know, he's doing all his antics. And yeah. He's, he's bashing himself yeah. with the microphone. He's, yeah. he's yelling. He's like, I will... I'll fight you, I'll rape you, I'll fucking do yeah. all this stuff to you. Yeah. And there were these two women over in the corner with yeah. these two guys. And one woman, she was like, you know, like skinny, kind of yuppie, but yeah. like had the power suit on. Uh-huh. She put down her briefcase or brief bag or whatever and went over and just started like, it's pounding on him. She's like, you motherfucker. Wow. I can't believe the shit that's coming out of your mouth, you motherfucker. <laughs> Wow, you've seen, you're seeing, like seeing Survival of the Fittest or something. It's well, you seeing know, Darwinism in action. You might have thought, like, this is like, you know, the old ladies with umbrellas at, like, uh, yeah. pro wrestling things or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was not set yeah. up. I saw them outside coming It wasn't choreographed. Work. I mean, it wrestling, wasn't wrestling is theater, you know, but... Yeah. I wondered about that and, like, is this, you know, because I still didn't ever Oh, know. if she was, like, a plant or something that, like, yeah. had to go down... 
Who knows? I didn't care to fall. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wasn't into the hardcore scene really anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, Fred Armisen, when he comes into interviews, he's like, oh, we were a hardcore band. It's like, yeah. no, you weren't. The trench they were, an art, was they were an art school band. <laughs> they were an art school band, yeah. and they were pretty good, from what I remember and stuff. But like, um, but they were part of the noise yeah. scene, like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And like, you were not, I can tell you, the hardcore scenes here in Chicago, yeah. it was terrifying at times. It was really rough, and it was... It could be very violent and very crazy at times. And and it ended, like I would say, in 87, 88. Yeah. It really wasn't like the sure. same anymore. And oh, just as well. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't... Uh, it, it, it was fun while you're a kid to get your aggression out and stuff. And when you're talking about anarchy like that, yeah. it was the fun yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> Nobody was like shooting guns or like yeah. pulling out knives or anything like that. But it was it was very aggressive. And and I think it was a, a outlet, you know, yeah. during the Reagan period. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it it was it felt very oppressive during mm. the Reagan era. Yeah. It felt very oppressive, um, but at the time, it, it also you realize, like we're talking about, you do things on your own. Yeah. You find that yeah. thing. You yeah. go towards it, no matter how lonely or unappealing or or. I'm not going to have my group of people. Of, yeah. Oh, and on that note, <laughs> I was talking about like, yeah, the hair metal thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not going to be hanging out with my hair metal friends yeah. anymore. But I, they weren't my friends. And, and <laughs> all those girlfriends yeah. I had cheated on me all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... The good, the good old days. <laughs> they were, there were some fun memories. Yeah. We had some fun times. Yeah. But yeah. like, I remember we were talking about Ravinia. Here's my story about Ravinia that I just told Pat the other day. He was like, yeah, you can't really go there to yeah. enjoy the band. You understand yeah. that? And I'm like, no, I never went. I yeah. wanted to see Dave Brubeck there, but I'd mm. already seen him at a really good show in yeah. DeKalb at a theater mm. where yeah. he had his original, uh, a lot of his old musicians, uh, the guys that were with yeah. him, who were talking about traveling all the world, living in in the Middle East and, yeah. and studying music. And you know, it wasn't just like, you know, pop cool jazz. Yeah. You know, They really yeah, were sure. talking about... Um, like, you know, the things they were doing before they just, uh, be, were just like commercial act, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was really cool. But what I did want to see in the early eighties uh, at Ravinia uh -huh. was Chuck Mangione. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, one of my friends was going, I'm like, you're yes. not going to see Chuck Mangione. We were always listening to like Judas Priest and Motorhead on his mm -hmm. rooftop. We'd go up on his rooftop and yeah, yeah. cranking. Um, and listen to, uh, um, um, who was it? Uh, 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 Jim Croce mm. and, uh, other folk artists. And then also a Gallagher records, which it's like Gallagher made records. Is it the sound of, uh, you can hear, yeah, you can hear of, the, of watermelons. Yeah. Smash, but, but so yeah. basically you're just getting the yeah. dumbest jokes in the yeah, world yeah. on record. And he's like, that's why you listen to this record, you know? And so. That we makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> sense of humor, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm taking yeah. this really hot cheerleader chick, you know, to to uh, Chuck Mangione." Yeah, and I'm like, "Who could I go? Who could I get with me to go with me?" You know, here's the one thing: you're friends with like the heavy metal, punk yeah. rock, skate punk kids. You can do so many things with them, but not Chuck Mangione. Yeah, 
Yeah, they won't, no they won't. big haired heavy metal girl is going to want to go to see Chuck, Man Chuck Mangione with yep. you. And that was the only girlfriends I could find. There none you go. Of, none of the cool theater girls and, wanted to go out with me. None of the cool smart ones. And there's, there, there's your life problem in a nutshell. <laughs> so Mark. I never got to go see. And I, so I told, I told Jamie Kiefer, I told him, I said, Jamie, I'm not going with you guys because I couldn't find a date.